is coming down from the gallows and I don't have very Hello, welcome to episode 202 of the UK Steelers podcast. You're joined as always by me, Simon. We got, who else we got? We got Dave Hart, we got Kets. Oh, yes, wait for that. We got Mark, who is not Mike Anson, and we got Gavin Marshall. How are you doing, guys? Good. Kets is back. That's, that's yeah. what we're supposed to <laughs> We thought he was lost. I thought I was lost for a period, to be fair. He's returned to us. Hello. We have tried to replace you a couple of times, Kets. I've noticed. <laughs> I don't know what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? Kets too? Quite a second. <laughs> I can't be on this show with myself, surely. <laughs> Some did question if, if uh, Matt was just you in disguise. Uh, and it would have made sense that you needed a disguise, given your uh, you know ongoings around the Eastern Europe region, should we say? That's classified. Yeah, what can you talk about? Yeah, good, good question. Uh, well... Shall I give a brief list of stuff I've been up to recently, and then you guys can then query anything that you've got questions on? Yeah, I'd were, like that. Were any badgers hurt? Um, I did attend an international badger convention. Oh, making amends. I have no idea if that's true or not, and that, that concerns me. Are you radioactive? Um, have you been poisoned with some whatever radioactive shit that Russians put in tea these days? What, what's... Uh... No, that was solved by my uh, impromptu submarine trip, so that's all worked out well. Oh, yeah, good. You were the, the sole survivor of that trip. That's fantastic. Nice to Indeed. hear. Um, did some training for a future ladder match at one point. That was good. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> I get Wait, that what? reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> Niche. <laughs> um, yeah, there was the... Uh, so I attended Wimbledon, not with Gary Lineker, but I did see Gary Lineker. Similar to how Mike saw him in a pub once. Did you ask me about crisps? Or... Uh, no. I was did... two people behind him in a queue to get back into centre court. Did you ask him who, who the BBC uh, pariah was? No, but other sources oh. have now revealed that. Yeah, okay, we know so... now. Yeah, I, I, we know? I, yeah, we do know. Who knew? Oh, oh, oh is it him? Oh. Be careful. Oh. The sense of the UK Steelers podcast. Allegedly. 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 (laughs) Yeah, there's been a lot going on. Um, Done a bit of international travelling, so um, Jamaica and Verona. (laughs) Did you ask um, whether you could say uh, (laughs) Wagwan? <laughs> no, but I did see Rasta Mouse in the in the street and had a conversation with him at one point. Oh, so nice. is he just called Mouse there? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting fact about Jamaica: surprising amount of goats by the roadside. Hmm. Did you get any? What you will? No, I didn't hit any. <laughs> they, they eat a lot of goat as well, don't they? Yeah, the goats look more scared than the British variety. Yeah, goat isn't goat like a cow to us? Like you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, so Dave would Dave would be thing. watching them in the fields then. Let's get this straight. I don't I don't like go out and purposely find some cows that are shagging. I it just I just happen to be on the roadside <laughs> where two of them were at it. It's, New it's... listeners are truly flummoxed. Yeah, so they've <laughs> they've been sent reeling already, and we're only five minutes in. Refer back to two hundred. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, then, um, yeah. What else gets? Other than that, I've seen some bands recently. So I've seen Iron Maiden, Limp Bizkit, and went to download. As well, Ooh. so that was good. Who was better, 
Limp Bizkit or Iron Maiden? Uh, Limp Bizkit, because I was very happy being my 14-year-old self again, listening to the same tunes that haven't changed in, in 20 years. So nope. that was good. You've aged yourself there? Yeah, well, I'm not did, did Iron Maiden do The Clansman? My favourite Iron Maiden track. No, they didn't. I was good oh. about that. They did Fear of the Dark, though, which was really good. good. Yeah, that is good. Uh, Power Slave? No, I wanted The Clansman. I can't remember the full set list without okay. looking it up. Right. Um, and in amongst all of that, with my MI5 earnings, oh, shit, shouldn't have said that, um, trying to do a house <laughs> purchase at the same time as well. Somewhere, yeah, how's that going? Uh, solicitors take ages, mate, mm, other than yeah. that. So, yeah, it's been a busy few weeks. There's been a bit of family stuff going on as well. So, yeah, apologies for, for not being here. But I appreciated all of the various, like, tank war references that were going on in the background. So that's kept me entertained. Conspiracy theories abound since you've been away. It's been Yeah, fun. I must say, I'm not convinced by your retelling of events. It just doesn't feel like enough things to have kept you away for what feels no. like the last six months. I'm not but... convinced we're not talking to a generative AI version oh, no. that you've been working on in a secret <laughs> complex in North Macedonia. <laughs> Catches on the blockchain. Catch GPT. Let's be fair. Yeah. Catch GPT. Love it. <laughs> just really bad, like wide receiver takes combined with one really good one thrown in the mix just to confuse people. Oh man. Well, uh, um, well. Good luck with the house kits. I, I hope you do uh, wind up with this. Is it looking good? Because uh, obviously it's, it's in a neck of the woods I'm familiar with, and it looked it looked very nice. In fact, it did make me question where your owners were coming from. I did say that yeah. at the time. Yeah, it is a rather nice property if it comes yeah. off. So mm. we should wait and see. A little bit suspicious. Let I- me. Uh, let me know off show who the solicitors you are using because, yeah, that's my line of work. So I love a, I love a slagging, slagging match there. So it's solicitor heat. And then he'll mention that he's actually using ours and then I'll be like, oh, crap. <laughs> some guy called Mark. I don't know. <laughs> are we saying Ketz is wadded here? Has he, has he got deep pockets? He's mm. he, he single Ketz? Are you willing to... Uh... No, he's not but he um, he'd recently got uh, promoted, didn't he? And he's now probably driving a Porsche or something. I thought it was an I thought it was an Audi uh, something five. That was what, what that was what we were told last time. Oh yeah, That's yeah. It is, it is the Audi A five. I'm surprised yeah. that Simon remembers letters. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Half of that episode moaning about it. I was listening back to that episode for episode two hundred, and again, it was Rich who just absolutely killed. I don't I don't think you even realise in the moment how comedic Rich can be, but it's just the way that you know you, you'd been accused of bragging about the Audi. You told Gav what the Audi was. I had no context for this, and then Gav says. To, <laughs> says to Rich, do you do you have the Audi range of cars in the US, Rich? And he goes, yeah, I own an Audi. And he goes, well, Audi. And then he drops, like, the most extravagant Audi, like, me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he, he was very S2. smooth with that. Incredible. And a hell of a good car that he owns. Incredible. Great work. <laughs> Loved it. All right. Anyway, what, what are we talking about? This is a show about the Pittsburgh Steelers sometimes, um, although of late, it's been more about other things. We do um, need to get back on the track, I think. We do. And today we will. Today we will. Um, I, I, so I've been told. We're going to talk. We're going to do questions that need answers in training camp. Oh, dry, dry, dry Gav football episode incoming. Yeah. Enjoy I've, us. I've been saying, we sh- I said we should do this to 200. <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> Gav, Gav has been pushing for this since about May 5th. So, <laughs> so It's a staple. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and in fairness to you, we did do it a lot earlier last year than I, than I realised. So um, we'll get to that in just a minute. Um, just to get housekeeping out of the way, throw us a few quid on Patreon. It helps support the show. Um, our show producers this month, Rob Ferguson. Oh, who's that handsome gentleman? Mark Hansen, Glenn Jones, Matt Audley, Joel Spencer, Steve Williams, Jason Bowdler, Ian Ferrugia, and Christian Robb. Hello, 
Incredible work, gentlemen. Kets, I can't help but notice you were once our biggest fan. Um, you you were never a patron. Don't think I haven't noticed that. No, I know. <laughs> I was uh, pre-patron, I think. He's given his time, not his money. I'm only as, as do we. And that's I'm, all, I'm only messing. It's a joke. Um, the Juju clip was also worth six. That's very true. Yeah, that is very true. Um, now, UK, still this podcast. while I'm calling out listeners uh, like Kets, um, last week I did say, uh, hey, why, we haven't asked in a while. Why don't you review the show on uh, iTunes, Spotify? I didn't see one review. Not one, Gav. What do you make of that? That's dire. Come on, come on fans. <laughs> Call yourself fans. Can, you, can you review on Spotify? Well, I don't know if you can write a review, but you can You can leave a, a star thing. What's going on now? Um, in, fa- in fairness, um, maybe people did review the show on Spotify, and I just can't, I don't know that because I can't see any written review. But at least not on iTunes. Maybe people don't use iTunes anymore. I don't know. Seems like Spotify's invaded the space. Let me know. Is yeah, okay. five-star reviews on Spotify, I think. Oh, really? Seemingly. Okay, well, well maybe people have reviewed the show. In, ca- in which case, I retract my previous comments. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hot one. Um, I have no news. There is no news. Um, so I don't know if you want to just jump straight into the questions in training camp, Go. Uh, is there any other bits and pieces you wish to hit on? Uh, no news. Okay. No news is good news, though, right? Mm-hmm. In some in, in normal circumstances, no, no one's tripped on you know the pool yeah. uh, ledges and, and hurt themselves or anything. Shot themselves <laughs> in the leg while reaching for a pizza while driving intoxicated. <laughs> Nothing like that. TJ is uh, TJ's on a cereal box. That's as bad as. Oh really? I haven't seen that. Yeah, him and uh, JJ are on the front of uh, front of the Wheaties box. Wow! So it's uh, pretty cool. TJ Wheat. See, my my uh, pullback in Twitter time is already starting to impact my ability to. You know, keep you updated with these things. Has has anyone joined Threads yet? Yes, and it's terrible. Is yeah, it I, terrible? I don't like it. What's, I, what's I, the, I don't like it. What are the differences? It's kind of like it naff. It, yeah. It's just it kind of feels like the same thing, but everything's a little bit off. It's probably fine, but because we're so like ingrained to Twitter that everything just feels wrong. Mm. You know, uh, maybe that'll get maybe that'll change. I don't know. Who knows? But I can't make it. Some some people have asked, is there a, uh, a podcast? I got some DMs about this. Is there a podcast threads account? Uh, I can't do that because Dave has the Instagram account, which I imagine is dormant. <laughs> I'm sure um, Dave can gift it to you. <laughs> I, I, could, I could probably somehow get it over to you. I can't remember what this, the... There's, there's only, there's only so many like, login passwords. <laughs> I'm going to work it out eventually. Yeah. Well, uh, don't worry about it yet, Dave. I, I've got my eyes peeled on it. If it becomes something that we we need to be on, I'll uh, I'll make the jump. Not the jump. But, well, remember yeah. that the NFL uh, ripped us off on Threads as well. They yes, our idea. Yeah, I did see yeah. that. Yeah, making yeah. a thread of the what was it? The best uniforms, worst uniforms. Did get some yeah, feedback that it was yeah. perhaps a little on the tad long. But then that's that is our wheelhouse, right? What so, the show? Uh, yeah. The show. Yeah. How long yeah. was that show? I mean, that show was no longer than usual, right? Or maybe the segment. Just like oh. maybe people tired of us talking about unis sooner than we tired of talking about them. Oh dear. But maybe well, not. But maybe you can put that in a review. <laughs> as long as it's five stars, that's fine. It spends too long talking about unis and too long at the top of the show before they hit the main talk- topic. Speaking of uniforms, sorry to wear uh, Gravelia. Um, have you ever seen the uh, the book's creamsicle disgusting mm. uniform? Yeah. Whoa, that was in that was in my top five. Thank you very much, Dave. Clearly, listen to the show, Dave. It, it it's it's revolting. I I, I hate it. it. I tell you, it made me think of a news story that I, I heard recently. That um, there was a, a woman uh, waiting to um, 
I can't what hotel it was on the on the article now. It was in Tallahassee, I think. And she was concerned the room hadn't been cleaned, etc. And she opened uh, the wardrobe door to find a bag that she believed had uh, a fetus in it. Oh my Have you seen this article? No. Um, she she no. complained to the the front office, and uh, it turned out it was a a bag full of uh, red wine and sick. Um, and that colour was very similar <laughs> to the uh, creamsicle jersey. So it made me think of that. So that's why I don't like Thank it. Thank you very wow. much, Dave. Thank okay. you for backing me up on that. So someone puked up a fetus? That's even more disgusting. No, there was no, there was no fetus. There was no fetus. It was just the, it, oh, no. the, uh, the, the mixture within the bag. Sorry, this is disgusting, isn't it? Sorry, we're going to get cancelled. <laughs> uh, the, the mixture within the bag was uh, actually someone's fantastic night out they had oh. i think we've all been there right you've been in that whole situation in a room and you don't know you don't know where the toilet is so you just stick it to something else and then you i suppose not everyone forgets it and leaves it in a wardrobe though that's, well, that's, i told that i told that story before am i where, where i was i was uh, asked to do a job up in manchester for a few days and i demand i said the only way i'm going to do it is if you put me up in the hotel or i'm not doing it which is they would they didn't want to do but eventually they relented they put me in a brothel basically and the hotel that I checked in, I go up to the room and I look up at the ceiling and there's like squirted blood stains on the ceiling. God knows how that got there. I could only imagine jacking up, but I hope that's, that's the most positive outcome. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, we really should get onto the Steelers. <laughs> this is a Steelers podcast. <laughs> All right, let's roll. This could be the 40 minute episode, I think, if we, if we crack on with Steelers talk here. Let's see. We've nearly gone to 20 already. It's not a good start, is it? It's not a good start. All right. Okay. Questions that need answers in training camp. Uh, we did this. Have we done this two years now? Yeah, we really did. Yeah, this is yeah. a regular segment, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know how we usually format this, but here's my suggestion this time. Uh, I did put it out to the listeners this week as the weekly question. What questions do you want to see answered in training camp? And to avoid uh, going over the same stuff, do we do we want to hit the listener thoughts first? Can, I, or would I, you... There's a few I've seen, and they're all good questions, mm-hmm. and it saved it saved any of us posing those questions. But I've got I have got one question that I'd like to hit first, and okay. then anyone else wanted to go, and then we hit the the listeners. Is that would that be okay? That's fine by me. Yeah, that's fine by me. Mm-hmm. Okay, <clears throat> right. Question one: <laughs> Where are the TDs coming from? Mm, that's a great question. It, this is a topic uh, we, we've kind of beat around the bush about this a little bit. I think it's with some kind of navel gazing, we have to realize that, you know, we, we, we finished the season on a high with Kenny, I think on this podcast, we, we, we were pleased how the season ended. Right. Mm-hmm. And we haven't really, we've talked about his development, but we haven't really talked that much about the scoring element of his season. And the first person to bring it up was Gal. So shout out to Gal. Cause he did bring it up on when he was on, on one of his shows. Uh, in a, in his typical firebrand way of saying how bad we were and all that stuff, but I think it's worth it is worth discussing because I think it's a kind of the elephant in the room. So let, let let's look at uh, the twenty twenty two stats. Twenty uh, sixth in points, thirty second in touchdowns, worst in the league. Thirty first were the Jets with three more touchdowns. Steelers only scored twelve. Whereas for, as far as Pickett's concerned, seven touchdowns in 13 games slash seven starts. So there were 32 players passed for more touchdowns. So he's not even in the top 32 last season. Baker had 10 in 10 games. Wentz had 11 in seven. Purdy had 13 in nine. So we're all hoping that Pickett turns out to be better than all those three QBs, but his rookie season wasn't. In terms of the Steelers, it wasn't a great season for for any quarterback. He was 
his season was the 73rd all-time in passing TDs, i.e. there's been 72 seasons from players scoring more passing touchdowns than his rookie season. And his his touchdown percentage of uh, 1.8, which is which is uh, as in one point eight? No, I need to. I can't explain that. But he's got this touchdown percentage is one hundred ninety seventh all time in Steelers. So that, that's TD thrown when attempting a pass. It's one point eight. I don't know why it's one point eight. And his red zone completion was forty forty one point five, which is second worst of all QBs in in the NFL last season. Going back to the NFL, Brock was seventy five percent. I mean, geez, he was number one. So, I mean, what do we think? There's work, There's been worse seasons. Like Cordell Stewart in 1999 had 12 starts and only six TDs. Uh, you go back to 1960, Tom Tracy had 12 starts with four TDs, but he's listed as a halfback. So that's like some kind of weird thing going on there. And Ed Matezic, everyone's favorite Steelers quarterback from 1936, 11 starts, four touchdowns. Ben's worst season was 2005, which is his second season, right? 12 starts, 17 touchdowns. And that is the thirty-second best season. I mean, it, it's pretty rough where where he sits. Um, just a few more things. Bradshaw had some stinkers, but they were usually a lot in a lot less games. So Bradshaw's nineteen seventy-four season: seven games, seven TDs. Nineteen seventy-eight games, six TDs. But you look at you look at his completion percentage, right? Sixty-three percent. That's that's actually not bad. Like that's pretty pretty average. Um, his uh, the that percentage. Of completions over 200 attempts on the Steelers, he's 16th all time. So that's above Mason, that's above Landry, that's above Duck Hodges. So we know he's above that in terms of completion. But I think the kind of quarterback he is, that completion percentage needs to be a lot higher generally Mm. because he hasn't got the bomb strength, right? So he's got to be that kind of pocket passer, you know, accurate guy to succeed, I think. So the question is, can he can he improve that accuracy? Can he get his short accuracy going? Because that's what happens in the red zone, right? The red zone offense, there's a lot less room. You need to be, have short accuracy. So, uh, you know, it's a massive question. It's a great question. And, and we spoke so much, I think, about Kenny Pickett from the perspective of um, maybe the feeling over the analytics, right? Because mm-hmm. I think we all got that surge of enthusiasm from him especially towards the end of the season, but budding bursts throughout the season, right? Especially between the 20s, and we yeah. spoke so much about that. And and the question, and I think, is it an excuse maybe? Maybe it's start to, time to start looking in the mirror a little bit and say, look, the new season's upon us. We do need to see it in the red zone out of Kenny Pickett. But he has had the built-in excuse so far of a, a lack of imagination from, from Matt Canada. And whether that's true or not is, is anyone's guess. But uh, what, what has struck me about Kenny Pickett this offseason and the narrative around him is that he does seem to be a bit of an enigma. Like, depending on the way that you look at it, and, you know, you can squint in this this quarterback hall of mirrors from one angle to another, he can either look like the best QB in the league or a complete bum. And and this struck me, and shout out to Jason Toms, who I'm sure a lot of you know, who posted something on one of the Facebook groups the other day that, that you just reminded me of, Gav, when you were talking about Kenny Pickett there, um, where he uh, sent what he called a random chart, right? And it's a bit of a complicated chart, so I won't necessarily go into the ins and outs of it, but... It's basically up the left axis. Is that the X axis or the Y axis? I don't know. Y goes up because you put your hand up to ask why. Remember that one with your kids. That's a a great great one. Um, 
So the y-axis in that case is the percentage of throwing open in tight windows, and the x-axis is the percentage of throws to tight windows. Now, this this is all very complicated. I couldn't quite figure it out. But what Jason did helpfully do is explain what being in the top left, top right, bottom right, bottom left of the chart meant. Did it, was and this his research, or did he just found this and posted it? This is a great question. I don't know for sure. We'd have to ask Jason Tom's that. It, seemed, it seems written by him, though, so I would imagine it's something uh, Shout out to Jason Tom's. Um, so it's it's 2022 quarterbacks throwing into tight windows, basically, with a minimum of 300 dropbacks. And Ke- so Kenny Pickett is alone, and I mean vastly alone, far in the top left-hand corner of this chart. Um, and when I when I read what Jason's put about what the top left-hand means, that basically means throws into danger a lot, but good things tend to happen. Good anticipation slash creativity, not afraid to take risks. Pete Matty Chaos territory. Um, the closest people to him are Joe Burrow and Derek Carr, but they are way closer to the middle. I mean, in fact, I'm going to send this to you. I don't know why I haven't already into the WhatsApp so that at least you guys can see it. Um, and it, it's quite surprising to me because I do think that this is what we found, right? Is that the narrative around Kenny Pickett doesn't quite match some of the stats that you see. And I think he's been vastly impressive in some areas. And like you say, with the red zone and, and the, t- the touchdown percentage, not so much. And it does leave us in this weird place where we're not quite sure what that means for Kenny Pickett's development. Just on this chat out of interest, the complete opposite of Kenny Pickett, because this might give you some context, is Justin Fields, who's the bottom right-hand side of the the uh, the chart, who we know uh, barely passes. He describes the bottom right as rarely throws into danger, but rarely creates anything special either. Relies on receiver talent to gain yards, the archetypical game manager, solid, dependable, a bit boring. But he does point out that obviously the running game isn't taken into account for QBs on this chart. So... Mm. Um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on the chat or, or in, just in what I've said in general, but I, I do find Kenny Pickett after one season to be a bit of an enigma. Well, I think I think he's an intermediate level passer, mm-hmm. horizontal passer that looks to pass about six to seven yards downfield. Doesn't look to pass deep. Doesn't look to pass to the flats or short or dump off. That that's what he's that's what he's what he's looking for, and that shows up in the um, uh, where is it in the yards per attempt. His yards per attempt was six point two. Now, Big Ben's yards per attempt declined over time. His rookie season was 8.9, and it kind of gradually slid down. And his final season was 6.2, which was exactly the same as uh, as, as Kenny's. So I think what you're talking about there is that he's great at slotting the ball into like Tight that window. hank concept where people go a little bit down the field and turn back. And, and he can squeeze it with anticipation and accuracy into those tight windows there. That's what I get from that is that it, that element of his game, which was his strongest part of his game in college, I thought, is already there. He just needs to answer the questions in training camp about red zone, about short area, about throwing on the move, creating, playmaking, deep balls, all those kind of things. There's a few elements here um, to think about in terms of where are the touchdowns coming from. Fry move's got to be the the top answer to that question. Um, probably picking second. And then you look at the rest rest of that wide receiver room. And this is why I ranked the wide receiver room so low a couple of years ago and got slated for it. But Deontay has got to show up this season. Otherwise, he's he's out of town. I'd be interested to see how Calvin Austin and Alan Robinson do in the Steelers scheme. Um, And then the scheme is the other question with the Matt Canada drag effect. It almost comes down to what's he going to come up with this season? Is it going to be any different? Is he going to have improved? Are we going to do different concepts? And he's obviously had a lot more time to work with 
presumably mainly Kenny now as QB1. What impact is that going to have on the rest of the of the team and the offense? Mm. Um, but there's some big question marks in that wide receiver room for me. Yeah. Who is the red zone? You mentioned Muth. How many teams outside of the Chiefs have a re- have their tight end as their number one red zone weapon? I mean, you, there's not been that many over time. Antonio Gates was a guy. Uh, who else can think of? Tony G a little bit, I suppose, at times. was, But they, even then they had, well, yeah, I guess he was ahead of Julio. Um, you kind of Mark got the, Andrews at the Ravens. Andrews at the Ravens, yeah. that's a good shout. Yeah. Kelsey, got, to an extent. Well, yeah, yeah. Uh, Shockey, going back a bit. There's not been that many. It's pretty, I think it's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I'm think, I think it's rare for the tight end to be the number one red zone target. Yeah, so, I, I, I think um, Canada's taking more um, responsibility for this question than, than Kenny is. Obviously, Kenny's. Kenny's the the main guy on the field. He's he's the the CDs have got to come from him somehow. But um, I think Canada has to take more responsibility for that question because, like, just looking at the tight ends, that is a fantastic tight end room right now. I'm not saying it's the best in the league, but it's it's a it's you know Canada's Canada's supposed to be this creative scheme guy. That's what that's what he was sold on, right? He was supposed to be this super creative guy who comes up with these fantastic plays and disguises and what have you. You've now got a, a potential elite tight end in Muth. You've got a giant a giant tight end who could be a tackle who you've got to do something with. You know, it, it, there's got there must be something in the in that in just in that one tight just in that tight end group that's going to create touchdowns, right? Surely. You you've got you can there's so much room for creativity in there. And hopefully the improvement in the O-line, which I'm sure we'll come on to discuss in due course, but that's got to open up the run game for Najee even more so than it did towards the end of last year. And then by opening up the run game, therefore you give more opportunities for Kenny Pickett to find holes in the zone or holes in the defence. Yeah, I'm not so worried about the rushing touchdowns. I think they they will take care of themselves. The the team was 16th in rushing touchdowns. That's middle of the pack. That's fine. But to be last in the league in passing touchdowns is a concern. Yeah, I mean, look at look at Ben's early career. He got a, you know leaning on the run game and and giving some some room. I think they've got to continue with that that level of lean, leaning on the run game. Give Kenny some some time and some some space. You know. Yeah, I just think the NFL is different now. If you're not scoring often and quickly, yeah. you can't just lean on the run game. The run game takes time to develop, and of course it's important. But to keep up with you know if you're going to compete with the Bengals and you know the Chiefs and teams like that, you need to be scoring. Maybe, maybe my head's still like on the in the past. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. Let's go back to Pickens. I thought about that. Um, four touchdowns he scored in his uh, rookie season. It's not terrible, but three three receptions per game. That that's yeah. that that involvement level. I think has to go up for him to be a real factor. He can't just be. He's not going to be a guy that's just going to get random, you know, acro touchdowns. I think he he needs volume. I think. Um, I think I think he's ceiling. All right, stay with me here. It, I think he's he's in. He could be a sort of Julio Jones type. All right, he's not the smooth as smooth a route runner as as Julio is, but Julio is high yards and yards per reception, but low touchdowns. And I think that's what Pickens' game is. I mean, you look at you look at three years in college. Pickens had fourteen touchdowns. Admittedly, only in 90 plays because some of his uh, seasons he was injured. 
But that's pretty similar to Julio. He had 15 touchdowns in, in almost double the amount of play. Well, more than double, 189 plays. Uh, Julio's rookie season, 13 games started, 959 yards, eight touchdowns, which was his joint highest touchdown season total ever. 10 was his best, right? Compare that, just for reference, Devontae Adams had six double, six double touchdown seasons, 18 in 2020, right? So that, that's a red zone weapon wide receiver. Julio was never really that. Pickens, I don't think he's going to be that. So he's not the answer, I don't think. I think I think what we've got to hope for Pickens is he's, he develops as a volume receiver because mm. that will be dangerous. So, you know, I think there's another guy that we've not really talked about. Ro- uh, Robinson. Mm. Alan Robinson, 14 touchdowns, 1,400 yards in his sophomore season in 2014 with Bortles, right? Every other year has been poor, but he's had poor QB play. I think there's a, there's a possibility that he could sneakily be a bit of a touchdown weapon. So that, that that could be the answer to this question. I don't know. Anyone anyone else got any answers to this? You can see him playing the slot a lot, you know. And I think what I will say is we, if we go back to talking about Kenny Pickett's strength being thrown into tight windows, I mean, what tighter windows are there than in the red zone? I mean, that if we can just get to the point where his time and anticipation catches up to his ability to throw in the intermediate area in tight windows, I mean... You know, I, I just hope that the pieces come together. I think we've got all the ingredients. It's just a case of now, can we shove it in the oven? Have we got the mix right? Have we cooked it the right, for the right amount of time? Does it come out smelling juicy? You know, that's mm. where I am. And, and let's hope Alan Robinson might be the missing piece of that because a bit of veteran savviness, you know, a guy who maybe knows how to get open, you know, quickly. The guy who's going to be playing a little bit closer to, to, to Kenny Pickett, maybe the first guy he, he looks at. I, I could see that happening, you know. Maybe he becomes a guy that maybe doesn't rack up an insane amount of yardage, but does end up, you know, scoring ten touchdowns a season or next season. Yeah, savviness, using some veteran experience to get open in the red zone, find some space. And, and I'll tell you another guy not to sleep on, Calvin Austin the <laughs> third. Yeah. Oh boy! Listen, sometimes it's not about size in the red zone. Sometimes it's about speed. I don't. I don't know if he's the the red zone guy, but I can see him ripping off some like massive, some massive just like just give the guy the ball and just let him do something. He's just. I feel like he's going to be that kind of guy. To just mm-hmm. you, know, you can't. He's just like grease lightning. You can't touch him. You know? Grease lightning. <laughs> I like the cooking reference, by the way. Say, si. are you hungry? You've got. <laughs> Ever since I got the air fryer, it's just on my mind, dude. <laughs> <laughs> So I think that goes to show there's a lot of questions to do with scoring. Yeah. There's, there's some Canada questions, some picket questions, some who's going to catch the damn thing. So that's that for me is the number one question that I want answered. I want seven shots. I want touchdowns yeah. all over the place. I want preseason loads of touchdowns, and then we can get excited. Yeah, and, and you know it's what? Like, it's like a go on, Matt. Sorry. Oh no, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say it's like I said in the in the uh, quiz that we did the other week. Yeah, the last three seasons we're on minus three points as a total uh, between points scored and points against. That mm. that needs to improve. It, you know, winning record aside, like to have a winning record in three seasons and to be minus three is absolutely absurd. So we, we do need to start racking up these points, and we do we need to. It, it's not just you know what what was the thing I saw earlier this week that we have the most one score games. In a set period of time as well, like we're we're the ones giving you know giving fans the biggest heart attack apparently. So yeah, yeah we we need to start getting racking these points up. And yeah, it's a case of where are these, as you say, where are these touchdowns going to come from? And it's not just where are they going to come from just to 
get us to a victory, you know, by the skin of our teeth? Where are they going to come from to have us beating teams comfortably? Which I think we need to start doing in order to really start pushing ourselves as a as a playoff threat. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and do you know what? How many years have we been saying this, Mark? Um, mm, in, in terms exactly. of in, in terms of this, you know, this is a team that has our heart in our mouths every week, and and it's the brand of football we've been playing now for the best. Well. At least the best part of five years, if not five longer. years. Twenty eighteen. Remember yeah. the Halcyon days of twenty eighteen, the Killer yeah. Bees. Yeah, mm-hmm. long and, gone now. And, and I think a lot of that does lay at the door of Matt Canada's and his immediate predecessors. Um, and we uh, uh, listen. And this takes us on maybe to one of the questions that, that Steel City sent in. Shout out to him, which was, "Do we really trust Matt Canada?" And I think whether we can get that answer in training camp, I, I don't know, but. I think this is the year we'll find out. I think we'll get that answer in uh, in the season for sure. I think that this is last chance saloon for him. And maybe we've said that before, but another season where we, we are at 18 points per game, 26th in the league, that, that is not going to be it. And there's going to be no excuses left at the door for that. Again, we cannot have another season where we're relying on the defence being one of the very best in the league, despite our opponents having, you know, the most time of possession in the league almost, it seems. I don't know how true that is, but it feels that way a lot of the time. Uh, and keeping you know games to to under twenty points, which like you say, Gav, is just not the state of the NFL right now. And, and you can maybe do that with with a lot of teams, and we can we can win games that way. But we can't beat the Chiefs that way. We've struggled to beat the Bengals that way. So, yeah, I mean, are we going to do, do? Does anyone trust Canada? I think the answer is probably no at this stage. Right? <laughs> it's, pro- it's it's definitely no. Although the uh, you know the heat on his butt was definitely turned down to sort of a gentle simmer, wasn't it, at the end of the season? Yeah. So, I'm, and, you know, and, and, and as I said, I, I think he probably should have stayed around just to help Kenny. You yeah. Know, don't need more added, you know, uncertainty with a whole new playbook. But I think if this is, you know, he gets this year and if things aren't working out, he's gone. But I think it's a question for the season, not a question for training camp. Yeah. I don't, as yeah. you said, I don't think we'll get that answer because every, every, you know, the scheme is kind of masked in preseason. They don't do any of their sort of fancy stuff. It's all very vanilla, isn't it? It's just you know, basic yeah. stuff, pro style offense. All right, then before we uh, jump into more listener ones, any other ones people want to throw out? No one did any homework. Great. <laughs> um, so my, my, my main question was, um, we'll, we'll pick it, make the leap, but that's already sort of been covered in, yeah. um, in that previous question. So. Oh, thanks, Dave. Yeah. I, I do think that's I, uh, the biggest question of all. I was surprised that none of the listeners came with that. But no, they don't, the, our listeners think a little bit deeper. They, they, they yeah. think beyond the You're calling me superficial, is that what you're saying? <laughs> Surface level. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if this is a, a listener one, but there's there's one position that I'm kind of really interested to see how it develops Let in me guess. training camp. Keanu Benton. No, no, no. It's not, uh, it's not Keanu Benton. I, yeah, he's still my boy and I've got no worries about him. But um, it is on the defensive side of the ball. It's it's the cornerbacks. Mm. I'm very, very interested to see who is going to shine out of this group um, through training camp. You know, you've got this veteran presence now of Patrick Peterson. And yeah, you know, Patrick Peterson's got to focus on his own game and, you know, focus on being being a good uh, good threat for us. But uh, I'm very intrigued to see the players, you know, around him, Joey Porter, um, Corey Trice, Levi Wallace. How are they, you know, going to be looking up to this dude and, you know, just kind of absorbing his veteran presence in there? And how are they going to make this leap into into this new year and just see, especially, you know, Porter and Trice, who's going to be the guy out of there? You would assume it's going to be Porter because of the round placement and, you know, you know all of that. But, 
you know, I'm very intrigued to see how this cornerback group progresses through the camp. I think it'll be very interesting to see who's taking what reps and uh, where where we're at by the end of training camp with that group. That's the, oh, sorry, I'm just, I was just going to say, Gavin, then I'll let you carry on. That, that's the line of questioning uh, Ian Farouja was on. Uh, he sent in this question, which I think lines up nicely with what you said there, Matt. What is Pat P going to be playing his trade in? Uh, in the backfield, he's mentioned a few times about some crafty schematic things they've been doing with him, which seem to include him playing at safety. Not sure how much they will uh, they will give up at training camp, but it'll be interesting to see how his reps get used, how and where Pat P is being used as a major impact on who the cornerbacks being used will be. And I think this is intriguing. I think that's a great point because that has knock-on effects on Joey Porter, on Levi Wallace, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even on some of the slot corner questions that I'm sure we have as well. So uh, please carry on, go. I was going to say, I'm about as excited as as I've ever been about any Steelers cornerback group with this group. So it's <laughs> a positive on. question. I am. <laughs> it's, 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 it's got some, it's got some solid, it's got a whole, you know, hall of famer, right? It's got a, a, a rookie that, that, that it's got some massive upside, got solid starting NFL, you know, above average cornerback. And it's got a load of question marks, a load of guys like lottery tickets. And all right. We're not exactly sure who who's going to play where, but that that's the question that's going to be answered in training camp. So I'm not I'm not worried about it. You telling me you're not excited about this group? I, I suppose I have some um, some excitement of the unknown. I guess I would say. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm very excited to see what Joey Porter brings. I'm very excited to see what even a guy like Corey Trice might bring. Um, and I'm excited to see what what Pat P brings as well. And, and and you know, and this secondary as a whole, like I say, a lot of it is unknown. But but I will just you know temper some optimism and say. With that unknown comes uncertainty, and and you know we don't know where these guys are playing. We don't know that it's going to just gel immediately. Similar to the O line uh, upheaval we've had in recent years, I think it's important that it, as important as any position maybe outside of the O line that the secondary plays in unison. And, and I think Pat P being there, as Ian says, will will help that. Hopefully, having a Hall of Fame guy on the back, in the backfield there as well. But I'm just you know I, I, you worry about busted coverages. You worry about guys not being familiar with playing with each other. That's my only. It's my only thing. Well, that's what training camp I think it's the most intriguing cornerback group that we've yes. had in a while. I'm not, I don't know if in, exciting is the word, but definitely intriguing. I'm, I, yeah, very interested to see what happens with it. And, and where do you guys see Pat P being used? Because I, I, you know, that has been one of the more prominent um, stories through the off season so far. Has been his kind of teasing that. He appears to be considering playing some safety, and and I wonder if that's really what the Steelers would would love to happen because we have said that we aren't, you know, necessarily a hundred percent certain what's going to be happening with the strong safety position. I know that the Keanu Neal addition and whatnot has has changed that a bit, but um, we've said ourselves that maybe that's not a, a, a clean square square hole square piece fit. So you know, that might open the, the up the gates a little bit for Joey Porter and Levi Wallace to both be on the field. I know Ray Fittipaldo has been championing saying mm. that. Um, uh, Joey Porter is going to push Levi Wallace uh, mm. in training camp and might 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 end up hosting him as the starter. I don't know if I know Gav's not going to agree with that, but well, I, I tell you what, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Pat P takes over the Cam Sutton role mm. in that he in in obvious you know early early downs he's on the outside and then he might in you know passing down situations he might shift inside and someone else comes on, so he might bring on Porter to like lock down the number one receiver because he's so good in man mm. and, and, and let Pat be like Rome and pick up, you know, some kind of sh- slot guy or a tight end or, or just sit in the zone and see, see what he's doing. Use some of that high football IQ 
but not be not be tested on the outside by the speedy, you know, Jamar Chase or whatever. But then on early downs, fine, put him out there when there's not definitely, you know, that that take the top off thing isn't going to happen. That that's the role I, I foresee. Allow allow him to play in the flats. Uh, you know, use his like seeing into the future ability, which I think we're going to still appreciate, even though he's lost a, a tick of speed. I still think he's got the speed of thought. So, yeah, I, I think he's going to be great. And in a kind of undefined role, almost like a, a chess piece. Yeah, I think that would make a lot of sense because uh, you do want to cover up for any lack of speed um, on the outside. Not that we had, a, you know, we didn't have that much trouble with Joe Hayden there, right? But I think the overall composition of the 53 on the defensive side of the ball is going to be quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going into training camp with 10 cornerbacks seven safeties and 11 linebackers. Mm. So any kind of combination of of balance between those three groups is going to be fascinating as, as things progress. Because yeah. you think you've got to have the starters and then the depth and you've got to have enough kind of versatility to do the different things that, that Tomlin does with the defense. So it's going to be fascinating over the next few weeks. Can well, I, yeah, sorry, go on, Gav. Before we move on from cornerbacks, can I give, you, can I give all of Steelers Nation... A guy to root for in this preseason. Mm. What if I told you that on this roster there was a second round pick, fifty six overall, twenty eighteen, who for the Florida, Florida Gators started seven games as a nickelback, twenty four tackles, three and a half loss, one pick, and led that Gators team with seven pass breakups. He's on this team. Do you know what I'm talking about? His draft profile says he can play in the boundary or the slot. The problem has been injuries, right? He, he's another. He had a hamstring injury in 2019, which derailed his, his, his uh, rookie season. Second season, ACL with extensive damage to his knee, which ruled him out of all of 2019, all of 2020, and then he missed all of 2021 with a groin, and then he didn't play in 2022 for some reason, and then he's ended up on the Steelers. Do you know who I'm talking about? He's had 26 games, four starts in his career since being drafted in the second round. Talking about Duke Dawson. Mm. Right, probably haven't heard of him. It was only like the draft wonks that will remember, because he was he was being talked about as a first round pick. He's on the Steelers. This guy could be this guy could be the slot answer if he can stay healthy. But is he just another Senquiz Golson? You know, a guy that's just perennially injured and it's gonna. This is his final shot, basically. So I'm rooting for him. I'm really rooting for him because this is a guy with high pedigree. It's just not just can't play. Made of glass. Mm, I like that. I like, I like a bit of depth there. A bit of information. I'm just reading about him now on Steelers Depot. Yeah, there's, there's a post on him here. Um, mm, okay, yeah, that's the guy to root for. I like that. Staying healthy. Yeah, fingers crossed to the injury gods. You like to have a little bit of pedigree there. Mm-hmm. I guess, because I'm, I'm looking at this team. I mean, you imagine, just, I was going to say, as Ketz mentioned, just to very quickly do the math. I imagine you keep five safeties. I think those are pretty clear right now, unless there's some special teams moving about. But you, KZ, Minka, uh, Keanu, Neil, um, Miles Killebrew, Trey Norwood, I guess. Um, we'll see if Trey Norwood sticks around, I would imagine so. And then at corner, you're going to keep, obviously, Wallace, Pat Pete, Corey Trice, um, JPJ. And then you've got James Pierre is going to be on the bubble, I imagine. He could maybe push for his place. Obviously, Chandon Sullivan's still knocking around. Elijah Riley's still knocking around. Yeah. Whatever you want to call him. So I think there's a few guys there maybe fighting for one spot. Maybe a spot on the practice squad as well. Yeah. Exciting. Exciting to see. Do we have do we have any questions about the safeties or from any listeners? 
just no, just the question from uh, from you. Because uh, while we're talking about the safeties, I mean, who's that's another question. Who who is going to be the starting safety alongside Minka? Yeah, and and, and it's almost like a screen question because if they want to go to a more split look, then you, you're looking at KZ, or if you go for a more traditional sort of one one safety look, then it's Neil, which seems pretty clear cut. But maybe maybe they're going to shift it up a bit. I mean, it's weird they both. I mean, they've got similar experience, right? So Neil, who knew his nickname was The Matrix, by the way, not me, mm. until today. Uh, 80 games, 61 starts. And KZ, 78 games, 53 starts. You tend to think of KZ having so much experience. And both of them played for Atlanta, and both of them were there around the same time. KZ's actually two years older than Neil. I think, you know, you're looking at two players, one spot, but they both can inhabit that spot. So it's almost like they're both going to be joint starters. I don't know. That's that's another question. Who is the next safety up? And is that is that more reflective of the scheme or of how they perform in training camp? I don't know. I don't know. But an interesting question to see and answer. That's a good one because that's one that we actually probably will get a good answer to in training camp as we start to see who's running with the ones. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll throw out a question. Go on. I've already mentioned him. But, but I, I'm remiss not to mention him again because I talk about off-season stories and this has certainly been one of the top ones. What can Calvin Austin the third offer after a ton of off-season hype? And if you've been paying attention to the usual places, your Steelers depots, your, your, your various Twitter accounts and whatnot, the praise being heaped on Calvin Austin from you know both his recovery angle and the work that we've seen in you know little mini camps and whatnot uh, has been high. Um, you know, he's, he has been spoke up a lot by both teammates, coaches, uh, about the impact that he could have this season. Will Calvin Austin be a legitimate, impactful offensive player on this team? Will we see much of him? Um, and, you know, I think that's, again, an answer that we will get in training camp is, you know, does he look good? Can he stay healthy? Is he Does he look like he's got his his speed back and uh, and he's a he's a complete, he's a bird of threat? And, and how is he going to be used in this offense? So I yeah, think that's yeah. one of the things I'm most excited to see in training camp. Yeah, obviously you are because you've been going on about him for. But all those <laughs> all those positive reports didn't they come out of like uh, OTAs and minicamp mm-hmm. when people aren't tackling, exactly. which is exactly the kind of situation that that kind of player will thrive in. Oh, I but won't yeah. hear this. I won't hear this. I, I've been rooting against this narrative for a while because you know you know I was really high on uh, CA three out of college um, because he played physical and tough, and I think everyone you know pegged him in a certain box because he's whatever he is five foot two. Um. But he doesn't play like that guy, you know. Sure, but isn't that one of the around the NFL's tropes? X player looks <laughs> amazing in Y teams, you know, OTAs because he's tackling. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, that's he, why it's a question we need to wait for training camp to answer. You see. All oh, right, correct. Well, he's he's not he's not five two. He's five eight. But... <laughs> still, still smaller than me, Dave. And if you're smaller but... than me on the NFL field. You will get abuse. Yeah, but you are nowhere near as fast as, as CA3. Whoa, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. People have called me sneaky fast, Dave. Well, I reckon I could run a solid 4640. <laughs> what is that, hours or seconds? I'd love to see it. Okay, the UKSB combine is coming. Let's sort this out. This needs to be a thing. In a part of your... 300. <laughs> we run and sound out of breath for 20 minutes. <laughs> With, with the ball in his hands, I think it, I mean, this is all from, from unseen, but I think he's potentially the most dynamic 
receiver on this on this roster. Just put the ball in his hands and let him go and see what he does. I, I mean, I think he's going to find a role in in the in special teams as as a returner. I, I think he's going to be the guy as a returner. I and mean, we've not had a when's the last time we had a great returner? What was the last one that actually did something? Ray Ray, yeah. Ray Cloud. Just we, we need something exciting on that just to flip the field and just get some momentum, some momentum behind the offense because. That's good. That's sort of a, I suppose, a forgotten part of the offense, right? That if you if you've got a guy that can flip the field on you, you're making it so much easier on the offense. Whereas rather than starting from the from the twenty or twenty five or even you know just not get getting nothing, just someone who can be dynamic enough to get those yards. I, I think he's 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 the guy. I'm excited about him. Anyone not excited about Calvin Austin? <laughs> Just dare you, just dare you speak. I'm very excited, man. Yeah. No, of course I'm excited. Of course I'm excited. I'm, I'm just tempering expectations as well. <laughs> All right. Any other questions? I, I've got a whole list here. I thought I'd be out. My well, my sort of second question was: Will the pick, will the picket fence get built? Because mm. you know we've had a shaky O line for a little while now. That's struggled to get pushed to get the run game going. Struggling in protection, right? We've added, we've added pieces to it. We've drafted along the O line, which we think we're all really happy about. Will it come together? Will it get built? You know, will it get painted as well? Stick a gate on there. I don't know. Is it is it going to get going? Uh, this could that, that could be the defining factor. I can't remember if it was brought up on on the show, but I I, I don't like the term picket fence because a picket fence is full of holes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. It it, it makes me worry. That Would you rather think. a feather featherboard panel fence? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah, that's know. that's what you want. <laughs> gravel boarding at the oh, bottom. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh interesting. Catchy. No, I, yeah, well, th- th- that was the uh that was the line of questions, Steve, our friend Steve Williams, Altclay went down. Um lots of questions and intrigues about he says, but for me though, the key is how well the O line will shape up and will they be able to give Naji a chance to do his thing? So speaking about the run game there as well as, as Pickett, the Naji fence perhaps is, is what you're looking for, Dave. Mm-hmm. Which I guess would be more of like a conveyor belt. What's the metaphor there? I don't know. No. Unclear. We we don't want a conveyor belt. We're getting mixed metaphors here. This is this is this is troubling. <laughs> um I am uh, maybe as Gav is uh, <laughs> expressing some confidence in the, uh, the 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 cornerback room. I'm expressing some confidence in the O line this year. I think we did see that improvement last year. I'm, I'm intrigued by uh, the addition of a potential left tackle with Broderick Jones. I mean, we'll see how quickly he hits the floor. And maybe that's the real question here in training camp: is how quick does uh, Broderick Jones a hit the ones and b uh, you know look like he's hit because. I think it's a whole line as well. You, you can never quite be certain until you get on the field, right? I mean, some of these guys can flame out pretty quick, and I don't think Project Jones is going to be the type to do that. He's a young guy, a lot of potential for sure, but um, you would just like to see some some early signs that it's going well for him in training camp, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that the the thing I'm excited for him is what, because he looks he moves so well for a big guy, is, is what they can do with him. Um, and maybe that even starts as tackle eligible, you know? Maybe mm. Maybe that's where he starts and we see Dan Moore start. I don't know. I, I think that would be, I think most people would see that as a disappointment, but I'm not sure. Yeah. If, if you're not starting the guy day one, day one as a, as the first pick. Yeah. You, you, yeah. He's the question marks start coming up. Maybe that's a good question just to go around the horn with. If you, if you had to, you know, put your house on the line right now, is Roger Jones the starting left tackle week one? I, I'm going to err ever so slightly on the side that he is, but I would very much, not be surprised if it, if he waited a few yeah, games. That's a tough call. Yeah, 
I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to put anything either way. Actually, that's a yeah, fit. Well, we'll, we'll put Ketsu's yeah. on the line then. He's not. Okay, yeah, he's got two. <laughs> oh, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, for, for all gamma on your house, Ketsu, I'll, I'll I'd say yes. But yeah, it's. Um, I think every, I said I think everyone would be disappointed if he if he wasn't. But I, I've got a good I've got a good feeling about it. I think I think he's going to be the starter. But I wouldn't at the same time I wouldn't be surprised if you give him a bit of time to ease himself in. So, yeah, you know how the Steelers yeah. never like to rush anyone, right? They they trade for a guy with a fifth round pick and then don't play him. They're, they're that <laughs> cautious. But by the same token, they they threw Dan Moore right into there when when he got drafted. So that's true. Look what happened yeah. to Kendrick Green as well, man. He's oh my uh, God. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've I've been on the Steelers for so long about this tackle situation that they needed to invest. They've invested high draft capital, so I'm just going to lay off now. So I let them give them a bit of time. I'm going to be off the case. Now, we did also get a comment from uh, a listener I've never heard of, uh, at Kets UK. Not, not, familiar with this, not familiar with Fraud. this gentleman. Uh, and his first comment was mm-hmm. starting mm-hmm. O-line, so I don't know. We'll throw it to you, Kets. What do you think of Kets's comment? Complete fraud. Um, <laughs> yeah, interestingly, and especially on that um, Broderick Jones point, the first two people that we're facing this year, Niners and Browns, why not throw him out there? If he if he sinks, yeah, fair enough. He's raw. He's going to develop, but you can't have much of a tougher test than those two first up in terms of you know quality edge rushers coming at you. And by week three, it'll be like, oh, this is a breeze now. We'll be fine. Um, I think guard is quite interesting. There's um, obviously Herbig. You've got Sumalo. I'm probably mispronouncing that badly. But Sumalo, I think is that what we call it? Yeah. There's so many questions on it, and. The pleasing thing is that, um, you know, Khan has looked at it and gone, yeah, the current O-line isn't working. It's fairly obvious. I think it was the biggest thing that certainly Gav was screaming for most of last season, quite rightly as well. Um, So he's done a number of different things to try and fix it. And I think we've got previous starters now that will become depth pieces and then potentially new players that will slot in. So I think as long as those players perform to potential, um, you know, it's going to be a lot better O-line, but equally there is some rawness there. And I think we've got to appreciate that there will be some mistakes, potentially in a big spot as well. And we've got to be kind of ready for that. But I think in two years time, hopefully we look back and go, yeah, that was the right thing to do. We've made some great moves here. Um, and we've gone back to a kind of a lot more of an established line than we've had in the last couple of years. The other thing to remember is last season we didn't have any injuries. So those five pretty much played every single game, almost every snap to that extent. There's going to be more injuries this year as a matter of course, because, you know, that's sod's law and you're never going to have perfect luck in terms of injuries. So it'd be interesting to see who can step up when they have game time, because I think they inevitably will. Um, You know, and you just hope those new guys come in and play a big part. Obviously, um Simali was was good on on the Philadelphia line um you know it'd be interesting to see how how Herbig does as well obviously James Daniels still got a bit left to prove as well um Mason Cole had question marks Dan Moore's had question marks Chucks is presumably going to be the other tackle but you don't know because Dan Moore could potentially look to to challenge him for that role so it, it could be any number of any number of combinations, I guess, really. I think Dan, Dan Moore is one of the most intriguing 
uh, kind of players to look into this training camp. If he really starts to show out, you know, at that, if he is going for that right tackle and he is starting to show out at that, I think that battle between him and Chucks, that potential battle could be something very, very interesting to keep an eye on. Mm. Ket's uh, revealing that he's from the uh, authoritarian uh, school of parenting. Not that you've not that you've got kids. The uh, the stick rather than the carrot approach. Um, the throw them to the wolves and see how they get on. The sink or swim school of parenting, right? Like you, you you're you're throwing your rookie tackle out against Bosa and Miles Garrett. I mean, and 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 I respect that. You know, see how you do. But there's another argument where. If it goes badly and your confidence gets knocked, you might never recover from that. So is that a gamble? And is that one that you'd be, you, you really would be prepared to take cats? Like you just throw them out there no matter what against two of the best pass rushers, apart from TJ Watt, obviously. Yeah, against PFF, PFF's grading system, you're throwing him out against. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's the argument, isn't it? You never learn until you're put under that level of pressure, I guess. It's only when you put under pressure that you really see the ability of an individual. I think. What is it? Um, iron sharpens iron or steel stop, sharpens steel, whatever the saying is. Yeah, but first game, man. First professional game. He's <laughs> got, got enough going on as it is. It comes down to mental outlook. You know, if, if he's driven enough, then that will be a learning process for him, you know? Does he want it enough? Is that what you're saying, yeah. Dave? As long as yeah. he doesn't end up dancing on a car in a strip mall parking lot, I'm happy with him after game one. What happens if he gets driven get... back repeatedly? We, we, the Steelers nation turns on him. There's booing. There's bringing bringing Dan Moore. No one wants that, right? I mean, obviously that's a nightmare scenario. But is it common for the for the crowd to chant the backup left tackle's name? <laughs> well, it is if he's getting driven back into a quarterback repeatedly. But I'd be surprised have... if half the people in the crowd knew who the backup left tackle was. <laughs> I have a solution to that. If he's struggling early on, stick Darnell out there. Stick Mr. Washington, all Amen. six foot yeah. seven, two seventy pounds. Give him a bit right of help. Now drive me back. The guy that Fittipaldi says is going to be an active week one. What is that really? Oh, is that a thing said. That's what he said. What, what's that based on? Uh, based on Fittipaldi's brain. Oh, fair enough. Just that he's just that he's <laughs> tight end three, doesn't play special teams. Mm. I mean, none of us think that, that. Now, that would be disappointing. And that ties into another one of my questions I was going to bring up was, what is Dana Washington's role going to be? early you know are we going to see that in training camp well you've got the georgia connection haven't you so he will be used to playing with broderick jones true those two will know each other's game and then you add to that obviously the the continued learning on the steelers and just having a guy that you know that is an absolute brick proverbial property um (laughs) surely that's gonna gonna reassure him and not only that but then you give in sufficient um, kind of option for Pickett and you're giving him that reassurance that you're not going to have, as you said, the two of the, in PFF's opinion, best edge rushers coming straight at you because you're going to have more time because you've got just two giant dudes there blocking his way. It's going to give you more room for creativity in the run game as well. He's going to open up the run game to some extent. And, and you're just sending off the bus first as well. Just let him come off the bus first. Oh, yeah. I, I hope he's not inactive. I hope we figured out a way to use him. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm really excited about him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one maybe maybe slightly less impactful as I go down the list, but uh, important nonetheless and interesting for the likes of us. 
who's going to be the RB3 on this team? Hmm. That's that's a question I'm hoping to find out in training camp. Are we going to stick with Anthony McFarlane for another year? No one's really been brought in particularly interesting to challenge him. Well, there's a and couple we of... Uh... another Jalen Warren situation at hand. You never know. There might be somebody be. who just yeah. appears out of the blue. Yeah, there's a couple of the UDFAs. Let go of Master now, so, yeah. Where is Master Teague these days? They could, they it, could uh, yeah, they can. Alf- Alfonso Graham and Darius Haggins, who seem to be getting a little bit of uh, little bit of pop, right? What's the skinny yeah. on these guys? I don't know too much about him. If only Mike was here, he'd know. He'd have his. He'd, he'd say, "Oh, let me just check my board," and then take ten minutes to come up with some relevant <laughs> notes. But then he would come up with them. So, Mike, where are you? you need to send them in. But yeah, apparently, apparently those guys are two are two guys getting some pop. So, plus you got Potter Baum. Don't forget about him. Uh, no, I, don't, I don't. I don't think McFarlane's dead in the water quite yet. I think in the sort of. <laughs> They, they gave him a few runs, right? I think um, between him and uh, Snell, they, they got a few runs. And they, and they got some momentum going between them. I think um, cause what he had uh, six attempts, 30 yards, an average of five. An average of five yards. I think, um, you know, six, it's, it's six rushes. What can you really draw from that? But in when you, when you watch it back, he was being more of the McFarlane that you saw on his college tape being able to get past the line of scrimmage for a start and use that speed that he's got, you know, cause it, it, that's, that's sort of his, that's his selling point, right? That he's, he's quick, but we've not been able to see that quickness because he's not been able to get past the line because the line's been dog shit. You know, it, it's, it's all coming together for, I'd say for, I think, yeah, don't sleep on McFarland. I think, I think he's going to, going to do something. He's given the opportunity. I think he'll do something. Mm-hmm. He's not going to see a hell of a lot of time, right? Between um, uh, between those two backs we've got, I, I, I don't think he's going to see any real playtime. No, no. Let's hope that Warren and, and Najee can both stay healthy and, and we don't have to yeah. rely on it. But yeah, I do think that you would imagine, given the lack of, you know, like you say, unless one of these guys comes out of nowhere, the lack of uh, obvious competition has been brought in. Snell has never arrived back. Um that by default, Andy McFarland might uh, survive the cut, as it were. Uh, just having a look here, Alfonso Graham, um, smaller bat, looks mm. to be about five foot eight, thin, small frame, lacks home run speed, but uh, good vision, durable, apparently. Six. So maybe a maybe a yeah. bit of bowling ball candidate, Dave, but apparently quite thin. Frame. Yeah, one eighty, one hundred eighty pounds, five foot yeah. nine. I've got here. So yeah, maybe more of a Jaden Warren kind of backup rather than mm. Najee Foundational. What's that, Haggins? Let's have a look about him. Uh, spent some time. I, I'd like the look at Hagen. Mm, yeah. I, I was just, I was just having a look. So, um, carried the ball 189 times for 1,012 yards and six rushing touchdowns in 2022. Um, another 17 receptions, 135 yards. Um, ran a 4.48.40 at his. Uh, I think that was at the. That was the HBCU combine, which uh, Omar Khan attended. Um, jumped to 36 and a half inch vertical as well. So it, he seems to be getting a lot of pop. I am seeing more pop of him, I think, than mm. Graham on, on mm. um, worryingly on his uh Virginia State Trojans page. It's got his height as 5114, which I think is five foot 11, and then it's got his weight as 5114. That can't be right. He's <laughs> not 5,000 pounds, right? He's a tank. <laughs> He's like a gargantuan. Well, he does, uh, does so, say here that he's got a thick, stocky build with good-sized lower half. 
Right. Two hundred and seven pounds. I've got here. <laughs> That's a great impression, Kets. Um, and here, the, the top line: a big, hard-nosed runner. Haggins possesses excellent size, a strong frame, an exceptional burst. Additionally, he's a capable pass catcher who runs adequate routes and is used in passing game as more than just a bubble screen option. You'll see him run plenty of wheel routes. Yeah, let's get behind this guy. Haggins is making the cut. Yeah, my only, is, my is only concern is that the Colts picked him up in UDFA and then cut him pretty quickly yeah. from that. So, sure. yeah, you just wonder why what that's about. But, um, well, it's because yeah. he's the no, size I'm... of the Incredible Hulk. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, too big, <laughs> too big for Lucas Oil. But um, no, I, I'm I'm intrigued by this dude. I've, I'm very much am. All right, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Haggins, you're on our you're on our radar. Haggins, Haggins. Well, I think both. Of, I'm going to watch both of them, Graham and Haggins, because although we're writing off Graham for being too small, <laughs> everyone wrote off. Um, Jalen Warren and was interested in uh, what was the dude's name? Matteo Durant. Yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I, was so, uh, I never wrote my... off Warren. Never wrote off the boy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to keep my both eyes open on both of them. Uh, what else we got for training camp? Is Nick Herbig an edge rusher? Uh, no. Very no. intrigued for that. I think we're going to find that out real quick. Preseason game one, two sacks in the first quarter. Book it. Was that question submitted by S. Winstand? <laughs> 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 that answer no. was that answer was yeah. um, Alex Highsmith contract a problem or a solution mm, hopefully a solution that might be something we find out in training camp that seems like one of the biggest outstanding things keep an eye on Alex Highsmith's dad's Twitter account for updates I'm sure they'll be posted oh but Sam Sam's such a good dude oh, I love Sam, Sam Highsmith we, we yeah. spoke to him right was it was it me and you Gav who was on that show uh, no it wasn't me who, who, someone was on that show with me was it was it one of you guys no I don't know I can't remember who show was that even? I can't remember who. What, I can't um, remember why that was. Uh, that Neil was Reynolds. Like a Twitter, no, a Twitter show. It was like a Twitter thing. I can't remember why. But for some reason, I was on a podcast with Sam Highsmith. Uh, set with uh, Sam Highsmith. Uh, yeah, Sam. What am I talking yeah, about? Sam, I was going to say Sam, Sam Highsmith. Highsmith. Dad. I'm getting confused. Right. I get confused with them too all the time. I'm going. Oh, Sam Highsmith. You know, four sacks today. And he's like, hang on a minute. No, that's it, Dad. Go back a step. He might have done from the stands, looking at him. God bless. Um... Oh, we spoke a little bit about the UDFA. Sorry, go on, go. I'd say while we're on edge, I've got a mini question. Mm. Not coming with the kind of stats and data I did before. What 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 do the Steelers have in Leal? Notice he is listed as D end, one of the yeah. only D ends on the roster at the moment. Does that indicate a hybrid position, or is that is that is that just he's a he's a three four? Because most of them are down as tackles or D line, right? And then you've got edge, and there's very few actually listed as D end. So is is that is that pigeonholing him as he's strictly a three four D end, or is that he's a D end in the way that he could play a little bit of actual end like Russia as well? Because he did a bit of that in college. Is that is that what that designation is? That's what I want to know. What is he? Yeah, and I think he wants to know that as well. Mm. <laughs> is the yeah. thing. Uh, and what worries me about him is that we're now getting to the point where his role has not been made clear and, and you worry that he might just kind of wash out as being, um, you know, not specific enough and, and never, you know, a bit of a tweener, right? Never quite gets given a role, is kind of moved around back and forth depending on the team's needs mm. and never quite develops. And that's my concern with him. Is that not like a contract thing, you know, where they, they designate them to a different position to make, to make the contract I'm not cheaper? sure because he's on his rookie deal still. That's true. Yeah, I didn't think of that. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't know. I mean, let's go to the Steelers. This roster. is this is sophomore year, right? 
Yeah. 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 So mm-hmm. yeah, let's get let's get him designated somewhere specific and let's see him play some snaps. Mm. It's, yeah. it's weird when you look at the the composition of the D end and DT parts of the roster because you look at the tackle. You've got Montrevious Adams, Keanu Benton, Cam Hayward, Isaiah Loudermilk, Larry Ogunjobi. All of those and some others as well designated as D tackle. Uh, D tackle. And then you've got D end Manny Jones, Demarvin Leal, Tony Nduque, and James Nwanyama, which are probably totally mispronounced. I definitely totally mispronounced. But there's there's a lot more D tackle than there is D end on there. Just depends how you how how the, the wherever you're looking and how they clarify it. Where are you looking at? Uh, ESPN. I'm looking at the official Steelers roster, right? Steelers.com. I guess you that's can't the because they won't release the roster until at the end of training. No, no, no. But the the what what the ninety man roster they've got on there now at the moment with the designations. The only two that are designated as D end are Manny Jones and Demarvin Leal. Mm. What does that mean? Question that needs answered in training camp. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think what that means is that they consider him to have some edge rushing upside. Yeah, surely that's what that means. Yeah, that's what I think it means. But does it mean that? Yeah, or is it just something else? A random... the, the, what does the, anything mean in twenty twenty three? Let's be that's fair. That's a great quote. That's a great point. Um, I think that what it is is like this is like the you know like the the girlfriend that you keep around in the background just in case there's no one else for for certain events, right? You just oh my god, I had the worst example of that today. Right, <laughs> sorry, sideline today. Today, today, exactly. And I told, I was chatting to Lisa about this just before we recorded because I find this incredibly distasteful. So I saw, I saw a guy today that I haven't seen for a decade. What do you do when you see people like that, old friends? You talk about other people that were around at that time. What? So this guy comes up, but I never really liked. He's an asshole. He looks a little bit like Homer Simpson, but he's he's much much more nasty, right? <laughs> this dude, and, and it's awful. Like. Everyone disliked him because he was just aggressive and mean. But in the time since, what happened is his wife died. Okay, that's mm. really sad. His daughter died. Oh, right, incredibly sad. And then he said, "Yeah, but he's okay because he got back with his ex." What? What? Does that come again? Like his daughter was like twenty-five. So what? He's just kept his ex on the back burner for like thirty years, keeping her in the picture, waiting for both of his daughter, for his for his wife and his kid to die, and then he's get back. I just think that, that is so weird. Anyway, sorry, you just reminded me of that. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, uh... bad guy. <laughs> what say? How to even begin analyzing? Um, that, but... <laughs> I don't think his uh, I don't think his problem's going to get solved in training camp. No. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it's already been solved. Maybe maybe the ex is just really hot. I don't know. Must be. But I mean, the dude's in his like late sixties. How hot can she be? Hmm. Questions. Well, they put their finger up my ass. <laughs> I just heard myself. Then I was I was, <laughs> I was having a moment, just sort of I was just looking off into the distance. Then oh. I heard myself in my own ears, but about putting a finger in my. You can hear the quality difference there between Dave Old and Dave Newman. Yeah, right? yeah, that, that was mass panic there because I I, I recognise an opportunity to finally use that sound drop in a relevant space. And I Is was that like, oh, Well, yeah, because the, you said that uh, you know she's maybe she's really hot. Well, maybe she just. Well, they put their finger up my ass. <laughs> okay, yeah, all right. Another <laughs> friend of mine always said, uh, "You never know what goes on between the sheets, and you can't judge." <laughs> you got any questions? That's your answer. <laughs> 
right, moving on. Um, what was I even talking about? Oh, yeah, so I was saying it's like the girlfriend that you keep hanging on, right? That's what Leal is as an edge rusher. They're like, mm, do we have enough edge rushing depth? Mm, not quite. Let's just keep Leal not quite stacking on those pounds so that he can maybe uh, move outside a little bit. But they need so, to decide. So Leal is like the Tinder match that you've never spoken to. Mm, mm. Yeah, that, that that reminds me of a story as well. Um, <laughs> so the night that you, you were familiar with my old friend who, who I won't mention, um, who there was a bit of a brief falling out. You mean Marv? Oh, I said I wouldn't mention it, Gav. <laughs> um, I actually bumped into him this weekend in York McDonald's while I was doing the charity uh, boat race on the ooze. And it made me realize. Hey, hang how- on. I thought you were stopping McDonald's. Good point, but I was uh, I, I was doing a charity boat race, right? And there was just it was just the closest place to the river, and I was just going closest between races. place to the river. Yeah. Is it is it a, is it a, a paddle through McDonald's? <laughs> well, no, I got out of the boat and went to grab something to eat because I was hungry in between mm. races. You got to get that burst of uh, you know energy, you see calories. Anyway, uh, and I bumped into him, made me realize how long it had been since I'd seen him. And uh, he met his missus through that exact way, Kets, where it was like the Tinder match you just hadn't spoke to. And and one night, and <laughs> one night uh, we'd, we, we'd gone out drinking or whatnot. We'd all gone back to his house and, and he'd drunkenly logged on to Tinder. And there, there was she, uh, unspoken to after a week or so. Uh, and she was around within the hour. And, and what does that, you know? Well, you know Desperate. <laughs> Willing. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> right, let's move on. Um, Let's hope DeMarvin Leal shows the same work ethic in DeMarvin yeah. De Leal. It all comes around, doesn't it? Oh, my God. This is a conspiracy. There's something going on here. Is she called Leah? That would be No, weird. that would have been good. She's called yeah. Rachel. Right. <laughs> Easy, Rachel. What are we talking about? Um... <laughs> Any more questions? <laughs> What's Rachel's? No, no, no. Uh... All right, let's get... Let's get... Oh, go on, Kess. Go on. <laughs> Inside linebacker, have we yeah, got any? Someone has to bring that up. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, if you... I think I was raised by a couple of people. To be fair, um, yeah, everybody did. Yeah, and I, I did see that Ian Alexander replied to you by bringing that up. He was not pleased with you, Kets. How dare you yes. disrespect our mulleted future hero, Cole Holcomb? This is true. I do um, because life has been busy recently. I have forgotten half the players that we've signed, so <laughs> my knowledge of this roster is abysmal, and I shouldn't be on this podcast. But never mind. Tough when you're acquisitioning cluster munitions to keep up with the ins and outs on the, uh, <laughs> the Acquisitioning cluster munitions. Yeah, there's questionable uh, 4G coverage across the world. Let's just say that. Incredible. What is happening with the inside linebackers then? Uh, because <laughs> because as, as, as Gav has been wont to mention over the last few weeks, we don't know, we don't know that we necessarily trust Alandon Roberts as a down-to-down starter. Um, we're starting two fresh faces in Cole Holcomb and Alandon Roberts, as we say. We've got a clear lack of depth in Matt Robinson and Tanner Muse and Nick Kwiatkowski. Did we land on a, a pronunciation there? Not quite sure. Kwiatkowski. 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 Okay. Well, let's see. Let's help see what the announcers do. I was surprised. I went in, I delved into uh, how many actual starts they've had or games. Holcomb only had 48 starts in four years. That's actually less than I, I thought. And Landon Roberts... 107 games, 76 starts. That's way more than I thought. So um, maybe I need to readdress here what, what I assumed was happening. And uh, Kwiatkowski, 89 games, 34 starts. So that tells you that Roberts and Kwiatkowski are, uh, have been a 
contributors on special teams and uh, spot players more than starters. And Holcomb's, I think, 50, 50 games, 48 starts. So he's, he's come in and kind of dominated that spot. So you, you kind of got to think that Holcomb's the man. And then maybe it's going to rotate between Roberts and Kwiatkowski. And, and we get that answer yeah. in, in training camp. Yeah, Kwiatkowski makes the jump to the, the rotation? I think so. As oh, a rundown guy. I'm still holding that hope for the Tanner Muses and the Matt Robinsons of the world. Yeah, keep holding on to that. <laughs> <laughs> but the only other guy after that is Chappelle Russell, whoever uh, whoever he is. Not he's been around sure. for a while, hasn't he? Has he? Yeah. yeah, he's been around for a little while. I'd like to see him. Oh, we'll see him. Hopefully we'll see him in the preseason. Oh, he's on the Jags. Uh, it's worth pointing out, right? We've, we've obviously lost Miles Jack in the off-season. He was far and away the leader in tackles on this on this team. So I mean that that does need to that's a hole that does need to be filled at least in terms of stats, if nothing else. Like Rachel, um, oh and still um, uh, and still available on the free agent market. By the way, yeah, that is interesting that he's still there. Oh, God, mm. I would feel worse about this, but it has come to my attention lately that she does not like me, and a large part of the reason that this. Uh, friendship oh. has not been rekindled is due down to her. It's her. <laughs> ah. Not to air my, look at me airing my dirty laundry on the show again. I've never been accused of that. I thought you meant Miles Jack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this Marv podcast has now become half Steelers, half me talking about personal relationships. Marv doesn't listen to the show, does he? Because he's going to hate me as well. And she it, will as well. It would be tripling if we found out that he did through he's this conversation. Be. Well, we'll know. Marv, get in touch. I have, you know, been considering, you know, messaging Mum, you know, trying to offer out the olive branch and see if he wants to go for a pint. But you know, leave a review, Marv. Leave a review. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, (laughs) whoa! That's the Kets noise, not the Dave noise. Um, All right, let's have a look. Any other listener inquiries uh, on the various platforms? Let's have. uh, Okay, here we go. Uh, Ian also sent in a couple. Uh, we mentioned this briefly, but but just want to touch on this relationship a little bit a little bit clearer. Um, how did Pickett and DJ link up? Pickett mentioned last year that he didn't get many reps with him in training camp, etc. And DJ being such a smooth tempo based route runner, I've always wondered if that is why Pickett didn't target him as much as you would expect him to. Hmm. Um, yeah, I mean we we have brought this up right in the past that that it would it does seem like DJ the kind of player he is is he's very timing based, very much a precise route runner, a, a fluid mover. And that, um, that Wi-Fi connection. That yeah, exactly. A, yeah. A, B head, yeah. And and Kenny is is more a kind of an improvisational kind of guy, a, a guy who, like we say, throws into tight windows. Um, but but it does feel like those two could be a nice little jigsaw puzzle with with, with Kenny's ability to throw into those tight windows. And and you know even if DJ doesn't get open, he can he can find himself open. So uh, you would hope that with a full training camp under the belt, and maybe we see a bit of this in the preseason, um, that relationship does start to to mature a little bit. And Chemistry. Maybe he'll score a touchdown. <laughs> God, I hope so. God, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's yeah. a great point. You know, Kenny, Kenny was running with the twos. Mitch, yeah. Mitch was taking the ones. You know, this is his first season as a, a starting quarterback. So let's hope that that chemistry does, from day one, we see it start to develop. Was that a mistake in hindsight, at, at least in training camp, not to give Kenny a bit more time with the ones with the knowledge that he was probably going to, at some stage, take over? Or... I don't think, I think so. There was, yeah, I think there was some hope with Trubisky that you know, yeah. he might push on a bit. I, I think I think it was the right call you know, in the overall picture. But, yeah. 
Uh, I like this one from from Steel City. Uh, maybe we've touched on this a little bit, but it's a bit of a broader question, which I like. Who is the surprise player this year to make the fifty three? Hmm. BT Potter. <laughs> that would be a surprise. If he beats out Boz, oh, I will be so sad. Man, yeah. Uh, speaking man. of man, is it Brandon Mann? Does he take over Pres- uh, uh, Presley Harvey? That is that an was, interesting one. Yeah, that was one of my questions. Then um, is is Harvey going to be uh, unseated? Considering that he's yes, he, like thinking back over the last uh, what he's been punting as a starter for what, two seasons. Yeah. He can have some amazing ones or ones that flop for about 20 yards. Real clangers. Yeah. And man... It's either inside the five or it's going five. There's no sort of consistency <laughs> yeah. in the middle, which we've been screaming out for for years. Yeah. I mean, but he's, he's got that flexibility in that he can be a probably be a tackler if you ask him to as well. <laughs> but I don't know, Matt, like, man's been let go by, where was he before? I lost the, the thing. He sounded quite, yeah. yeah. quite road there, Dave. Yeah. Man's been let go, you know. <laughs> man, man been let go. Can I, am I allowed to say that? Is that is that? Uh, you can say that. You can say. You can say that. But um, I can't find where he, where he was previously. He was at the Jets. Too. The Jets, yes. <laughs> but he, he seems to be a little bit more consistent um, in that in that sort of limited time. But then he was also let go by the Jets. This is the thing. I, I think. And they the, drafted him too. The money so far, I would say, would be that Presley Harvin keeps his job. It seems Steelersy to stick with the status quo. If if Presley having can look at least like you say relatively consistent in training camp, I think he keeps the job because you know it's worth bearing in mind that he's you know involved in other areas, right? He's the holder and they're comfortable with him there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's got the inside track, right? And, and I don't think Brandon Braden Mann is the kind of punter who's going to show up and absolutely wow you. And I think that is what it would take probably outside of a complete clangor by. Harvin to to unseat him, so I don't think he's going to show up and absolutely set the world on fire. I mean, we've had some pretty strong competition even last year in the punter position, right? With, with some solid punts in preseason that that didn't unseat yeah. him. So um, I do think he's probably got the inside track. Um, I think uh, was it Kazora who was bigging up Harvin's hold holding ability? Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. as well recently. Yeah. So yeah, that alone might uh, might seal his uh, mm. seal his spot. You wake up in the morning, look in the mirror, and say, "Man, I wish I was an NFL punter." He was NFL punting yards leader in. Gets just plowing on, ignoring what's happening. You know, so loud. So loud. And and you've got the out of time version, which I fixed. What's I the out of time version? The one you just played. I what does it mean? I don't. What, does, what is out of time? There's two different tempo of the songs playing. Right, right, right. Sounds kind of weird. Uh, I love Sorry, the contrast Kat's... to just like super upbeat sort of uh, sound drop <laughs> and Kat's dropping some like some real dry shots <laughs> <laughs> in the background. What were you saying, Kat's? I genuinely didn't even hear any sound drop then. Apologies. What? How? Um, I don't know how that's happened. I don't know. I was just saying um, Braden Mann um, had some very good collegiate um kind of record and was also punting yards leader in 2020 in the NFL. So he does have some ability. Wow. So you don't want to miss that with your punting drops. <laughs> was punting yards leader in 2020? According to... Does, does that mean a lot? Doesn't that just mean that the team sucked? <laughs> something. Dude can kick a ball. Huh? Yeah, if, you, but if you're punting it about the back of the end zone every time, it's not exactly true, true. great, you know? Yeah. I think a bigger surprise would be if Tanner Morgan makes the roster. 
That would be... That would be shocking. That would, no, be, that would be impossible. Who would he unseat? It would take an injury. Well, Mason. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but that would be the biggest surprise. What was the question? Who's the biggest? Yeah, but it's not who's the biggest. I mean, the biggest surprise would be if I made the roster. I think. No, okay, like, no, but all right, he's a, he's a quarterback <laughs> actually on the team, not like some podcast dude in York, not nowhere near the team. I know, but I'm saying I think the question was who's who will make the roster. Oh, who who's will the surprise? I, that, you know? okay. I've got I've got a possible outside Go one. On. What about Jordan Bird? Because Ooh. we're talking about the kick returner um, situation. We briefly touched on it earlier, and yeah, you know, he's got that ability there. We, um, you know, he is a UDFA, but. I, he could be a sneaky one because he's another guy that seems to be blowing up a little bit on uh, on the old socials. He's so, the only one with return specialist on his uh, position. Exactly, yeah. And I mean, ESPN currently has him down still behind Gunner, but um, I, you know, if we can take Gunner off that as quickly as possible, that'd be great. But, um, oh, and Alfonso Graham's on there as well. But yeah, I think Jordan Bird, I'd keep an eye on him. He could be the surprise one to to find his way into this 53. One to root for. Mm. I'm really going to struggle uh, with our, you know, 53-man roster predictions because there's so many guys here on yeah. this roster that I've kind of got a rooting interest for. Like, we're talking like Tanner Muse, Corey Trice. Obviously, he's going to make it, but uh, Duke Dawson, who I was talking about a second ago. Uh, who else we got here? we got Des Catch Magic, one of my guys that, I'm really curious. Uh, uh, Hakeem Butler. I mean, there's so many dudes like that have little to no chance of actually making the roster, but I'm really rooting for. It's going to be tough. Yeah, the two XFL guys. Yeah, I'm definitely rooting for Hakeem Butler and uh, Luke Barku. Mm. Yeah, give me give me some XFL in this team. Let's do it. <laughs> well, Hakeem Butler's an interesting one, right? I mean, a he was Iowa State Cyclones represent, and also was drafted pretty high. I mean, what was he? Second, fourth, fourth round pick, wasn't he? I think. But and they were they were both all uh, XFL all team for last season as well. So they both right. did both did very well there. So obviously, very different level. Some lottery tickets here on this roster for sure. For, for me, I'm going um, David Peral. As I mentioned this before, I've I've <clears throat> been championing this train uh, a little bit in terms of having like a bit of depth at edge rusher. I know that's fallen out of uh, style a little bit since we signed Marcus Golden, but mm. Um, I think it'd be, still be nice to have, uh, you know, maybe that, I suppose he'd be the fourth, fifth guy, depending on how you look at it. Maybe he takes over Quincy Roche. In, well, he's in, another one. He's hunt. another one yeah. of my guys yeah, from yeah. the draft, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a productive guy, David Perales. I'm a big fan of what I saw uh, when we signed him, so. Mm. Loudermilk, another one of my guys from the draft. I actually <laughs> mocked, mocked him in the in the seventh round to the Steelers. Obviously, he went in the fifth. Ooh, sandwich coming my way when he gets cut. Yes, we shall see. <laughs> We shall see. Yeah. <laughs> and what about Spencer Anderson? Like, yeah, good show. Yeah. Yeah. Seventh round pick. You know, there's there's a chance for him. I think he's got a very good chance because he can play every position along the line. Yeah. That's that's a skill. Well, yeah, I think he'll beat out like who we got here, William Dunkel and Jared Williams. I I, I think Spencer Anderson could beat those guys out. And yeah. what would you rather be? A guy that never got a shot in the NFL, or one of these like dudes that gets. It's just like a practice squad journeyman that never actually plays a snap. Surely that's got to be worse, right? You go through all the hard work, the knocks, the punches, you lift all those weights, and then you never actually play a damn game. Mm. Would you rather be a total failure? Like, are we we in a better position than... uh, No. Let's pick a random dude. Jared (laughs) Williams. Certainly not. Are we not? 
I would love to see my name on a Steelers depth chart. Yeah, yeah but do, do you realise how many weights you'd have to lift daily? Mm. I mean, I just played an hour of football and I can't feel my legs. So I don't think I'm going to fit, fit on a Steelers depth chart. So, yeah. Mm. Mm. I, uh, I don't think I could reach the Team 9 depth chart at this point. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, quick update on an earlier point. I mean, you know, the chart that I was speaking about earlier that uh, Jason um, sent in? Mm. Jason Toms, he uh, he's replied because I posted it on Twitter. Uh, I didn't research that at Throw the Damn Balded, uh, who who looking at his Twitter account, uh, research and development and betting uh, creator at PFF. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. That was great. It's a good Twitter handle to come out with throwing stats, though. Good, very good Twitter handle. You're right. Yeah, throw the damn ball. I think there's only there's only one position group that we haven't actually spoken about in this mm. whole thing. Um, and, I, well, I don't think we've spoken about it, is the D-line. That's the, it's the only sort of mm-hmm. like group we haven't spoken about in terms of training camp questions. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because hey. <laughs> <laughs> at Tommy Allen on uh, Twitter did tweet out, specifically for you, Mark, could Keanu Benton be the heir apparent to Big Cam Hayward? Oh, please. Oh, I, I'll let you guys talk about that. Oh, come on, this is your turf. Oh, uh, well, you know what my opinion is of it. I think this dude is going to be absolutely sensational. I th- I genuinely have really high hopes. And just seeing what he was like through the OTAs and minicamp, there's a lot of buzz about this dude. And like you've got Larry O talking him up big time. And I, I've just... I haven't been excited about a Steeler like a new Steeler like this in so so long, and it could horribly backfire. But I, all signs are looking very positive right now. Um, air apparent to Cam. Let's let's pump the brakes on that a little bit for now. You know, it's a long way to go for that. But you know, it's starting off. It's looking pretty good, so let's let's just keep that train rolling. Let's move mm. this, move this slowly, move this, move this nicely. This, yeah, this dude's going to be exciting. I can. He's, he, I agree with you. He's exciting, but he's a different player to Cam. He's not. Yes. Yeah. He's not the the anchor man. He's not the the immovable rock that the rest of your defense flows around in the way that Cam is. He just doesn't. Exactly. Cam never goes backwards, right? He just. He just goes forward. He owns you. You have to double team him. If you don't double team him, it's over. He's he's in the backfield. I don't think Benton is that guy. I think Benton is a penetrator. You know, a pass rusher from the interior could be could be a very exciting guy to watch. I don't think he's that same guy. I think no. he will get moved backwards a little bit. Maybe he needs to do you know get into the leg room. Maybe 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 he can change. Maybe he can improve his anchor, but. I, I, I think it's. I think someone else is going to be. I think that a draft pick next year is going to be taken to replace Cam. I don't think Cam's replacement's on the roster. If those main mm. four, Ogan, Joby, Benton, Hayward, and Montrevious Adams, if those four stay healthy through the season, this that's going to be a hell of a hell of a group to kind of uh, to work with. So I'm ex- I'm excited. I think that's probably why. We've sort of left it till till this lap. I mean, sorry, obviously could have brought up the uh, the question sooner, but um, Whoa. yeah. Whoa. Well, no, 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 no. Whoa. I was just saying, no, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not criticizing that you did. I'm Catching saying, strays out here. <laughs> yeah, it's the order that you've just read them in. That's all I would say. Do you know what, Mark? But... I'm taking the headphones off. You take over. You're the host now. <laughs> <laughs> you've done it now. <laughs> 
Finally. Right, Ketz, what do you want to talk about? He's uh, going to flounce uh, off to Cornwall for two weeks. Oh, uh, wait, he actually is. I genuinely considered at that point getting up and like slamming the door just for the sound effect, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah what, what is... That's an answer to be... Uh, a question to be answered uh, just before training camp, maybe. What's the plan for the UK Steelers podcast in my absentia, Gav? No plan, which is how we generally roll. <laughs> so I'm going to get my door voice hosting for a little bit. Everyone excited? The listeners enjoy that, Dave. Do they? Yeah, they would. Lisa would like that. She's, uh, you're her favourite. I told you, Dave, you're the hottie of the pod. I don't know about that. Zero. Dulcet, dulcet tones, you know. Just the beard as well. Hot bearded man, yeah. Yeah, but you can't, this is an audio format, you know that, right? Yeah, but it's like ASMR, Dave. People imagine <laughs> you outside, like, ripped to the nines, working with your shirt off, ripping logs apart like Captain America. That's what people when, think of. When you say cows. ripped. Watching cows. <laughs> when, when you say ripped, does that involve mm. a, a belly that hangs over your belt? Is it, does that, is that include it's all, the final it's, cord as well? That's the beauty of it, Dave. That's the beauty of the yeah. audio format. It's all about the imagination. Dad bod. Yeah, your uh, voice is, yeah. is definitely 10 out of 10, man. They're picturing you with a Diet Coke in the field, just, yeah. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I, your I tell you what, I am, I, am, I am not that guy on the Diet Coke ad. <laughs> 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 Sorry to break it to everyone, I'm not that guy. Fruit knuckles. <laughs> I don't want you. <laughs> when, is the, when is the day of 12-month calendar coming out? <clears throat> um... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what we can use some of the Patreon money for next year. Are you trying to, like, haul me out right now? Are you my, are you, are you my pimp? <laughs> this reminds me, I've been watching the, uh, it's a great documentary, the uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary. I'm familiar with it, I've not seen it. but uh, It's great, it's great. So, I think it's on Netflix or on yeah. Now TV or something. Brilliant, worth, well worth watching. But it, it raises a question in my mind. Who becomes a uh, bodybuilding judge? Mm. Who is that guy? Is it, is it I guess, maybe it's former... Former so. uh, bodybuilders, I guess. It's kind of like who... bodybuilders. Mm. Interesting, right? It's like, what do you do for a living? I uh, I grade men's bodies out of one to ten. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like the who becomes the child pageant judges. You know, that's yeah. even more that's, that's, that's exactly that's really weird. Oh, this yeah. this child's very attractive. Okay. Mm. Hmm, well, there's, there's more to it than just standing on the stage, like because they have to be able to <laughs> flex certain oh, muscles. Yeah, it's opposing. To show oh, I thought off you were still talking physique. about the child pageant. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? Hang on, flexing their muscles. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I don't. I think I can define it as a skill. Um, so yeah, it, it's like being able to pose in such a way that certain muscles are showing. Well, Arnie, Arnie's saying it's all about the balance, right? So it's not just about the big muscles. It's it's the proportion, the proportion, mm. and the posy. Incredible. Uh, <laughs> we need to ask um, Mr. St. Brown, John St. Brown. Maybe we can get him on the pod. Aquinas yeah. and, and Armin Ra's dad. Former St. Universe, mm. right? Right. Yeah. I think that maybe it's, it's a comedy Brown. thing. If, if if the catch thing would gone on, then judging uh, bodybuilding competitions might have been the next one coming up. So, Ketz, yeah. you've saved yourself from that. Well done. Maybe Ketz is on the bodybuilding stage as a contestant. I definitely am not. <laughs> maybe that's where we can claim sires for the next two weeks. <laughs> do, do, do bodybuilding competitions have uh, like a weight range, like in boxing? Like mm. featherweight, lightweight? I don't think so. I think it's just like how refined you are, right? So you could be like five foot two. 
Mm, yes, yeah, like a five foot two versus a six foot eight guy. That, no, it doesn't seem very fair. Aren't they all a bit small fair. anyway? Because they kind of shrink because of all the steroids. Only, only certain, certain areas parts shrink. Yeah. <laughs> and get a bit certain scaly, muscles. Yeah. Weird. Ooh. Scaly. Yeah, apparently so. Is that why they oil themselves up? Yeah, before they re- remove the scales. Oh. Yeah. Mm. Have we gone into kebab corner right now? We, we, we seem to have drifted <laughs> into it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do, do we want to go there? Do we have any more questions for training camp other than yeah. who becomes a bodybuilding judge? Go on. Mark? You said you oh, no. I, sorry. I was just, I was, oh, I was you just meant saying, no. yeah, does anyone <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you meant no. I mean, unless, unless you want me to talk about Christian <laughs> Kuntz versus Rex Sunahara, I mean, I'm out of questions otherwise. If that's one of the biggest questions you got, you've got problems, G. Wow. Not, not so easy hosting, is it, Gav? Not so easy hosting. Mm. 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 I wasn't coming for your job. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, I take charge. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay. Well, let's see what's in the corner. You mean this? Four large dollars get everything on them. Do you want onions on your set? I do. Plenty onions. So I've been thinking about bread. <laughs> <laughs> Old favorite. Um. Who vies? Nice thick, meaty man's nan. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Dave. Go on. Just, just plough on, Dave. Just don't stop. (laughs) I'll try again. Who buys? I'm waiting for the sound extension. No, no, no. Who buys medium sliced bread? Mm -hmm. Uh oh. I only ever buy like I, I think this is like a uh, a UK phenomenon. I don't, I don't know if it exists elsewhere, but if you if you find yourself without bread, right, you go to the supermarket or the local store, and there's all. If you go late enough, all is left is medium sliced. We have like what I class as normal thickness. Some people call it toasty, mm. so it's a little bit thicker. Uh, you get less slices, but you get a nice thicker slice of bread. So when it's toasted, it's, it doesn't go all hard and crunchy. So who is going out with the intention of buying medium sliced bread? Because like even if you make a sandwich, you can't spread butter on the bastard because it, it's the, the bread just tears. Oh no! It doesn't have the it doesn't have the the integral strength to be to be buttered. I can already so, tell this is going to be a troublesome topic for us, Dave. I, I feel like the person who goes out with the intention to buy medium sliced bread is the same person who buys like, like the, the taco seasoning, but they get mild, you know, the, the sort of people that wear <laughs> socks and sandals, the people that they go on holiday and, you know, don't go, Oh, I don't have any of that foreign muck. I'll, I'll have me egg and chips. Thanks. Those lemon, sort of people. Lemon, people. herb, pepper, lemon and herb spice in Nando's, those guys. Uh, yeah, those are the those people, people who buy medium sliced bread with the intention of buying it. Not the not the person who's been sent out at eight o'clock at night because he needs to make sandwiches for tomorrow, and all that is left is medium sliced bread. It is loads of it. It's there's, it's just there's shelves filled with medium sliced bread. Just make the toasty. No one buys it. If you buy it, you're clearly some sort of person who's never tasted anything that doesn't have just salt on it. You know, is medium. I don't even know. Is medium sliced bread like the disgusting, really white bread? Ashen, pale, sort of square <laughs> slice looks like it's come out of a robot. 
Yeah, it's it's wafer thin as well. It's just like yeah. wafer thin slices of bread. Rank. There's no point in it. So on the scale of, of breads, and we're going to go by the Warburton scale here because I refuse to recognise other breads as legitimate. <laughs> um, you've got obviously the extra thick, which is in the green packet. I'm sure people know. You've got the toasty, which Dave's referring to in, in the orange packet. They come in both mm-hmm. the smaller packages and the larger the larger loaves. Then you've got the medium. What did you the... say this was on? So it's the Warburton scale. The Warburton's. Warburton's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Inferior bread. Oh, Whoa. <laughs> Dave, we'll get back to that. Whoa! Can't even... No, we can't get back to that. What's the what's the superior bread, Mister Southerner? Uh, Hovis Granary. No. Oh my fucking oh, god! Get off! <laughs> Can you boot him out? I thought I was going to have the most unpopular take because I'm the guy who buys the medium bread, but you've just said that Hovis is superior to to Warburton's. Which I is... need a granary. <sighs> no, the one with it, the bits it, in. The the, Why the are you Warburton's. The Warburton seeded batch loaf is is the like the the, the supreme. That's the king. Is but that, that, you only buy that every so often because it's quite expensive. Right. We can't we can't let the southern draft us off topic here. This is ludicrous. Warburton's the Warburton's factory is literally in Ashley Bridge where I used to live. I, I will not hear this kind of slander. Um. Right. What was I saying? So the blue packet is the medium one, Dave. You're talking about the the, the yes. thinner bread. Um. And then there is no small, but they do do the milk loaf. Which I'm sure you're familiar with. I think we spoke about this before. Which is 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 even thinner than the medium, right? It's small, really designed for kids. It's calcium based. Yeah, uh, it's very thin. But that is actually my preferred bread. I absolutely love milk roll. <laughs> but... I think you're right, Dave. The Warburton seeded. I, I I had to Google it. It's the purple the one in the purple packet. That is a good bread. You're right. That is a good bread. It's quite expensive. Seeded that, loaves. I don't know that that that's that's of a similar from a similar slant as the Hovis granary, right? Similar idea. I can get on board with with brown loaves, but seeded. Why do we need seeds in the loaves? Because uh, it's better. We don't, we don't it's healthy. Seeds. We don't. Like, we, we can do put seeds anywhere else. Okay. Well, this this is a taste uh, thing, right? Viva la seeds on cereal. We can put me, seeds me on and cereal. Dave like a bit of texture in our bread. Oh my God, it's, it's natural fibre. It's good. It's, it's good for your poop. Who's that? Who's that? Who's with me? I'm with you. Catch is with me. All right, we got three on three here. <laughs> there's only, there's three, only three, three on two. That's my classic mistake. I always think my enemies are larger than they are. Um, anyway, right. Listen, so, Dave, let's get back to the topic at home: the medium bread. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, let me just make the case here because I I have become in uh, my older years uh, uh, very specifically a fan of, of as thin a bread as possible. Like I say, milk roll is my go-to, and I would always go medium over the toasty as, as, if possible. And it's because I just like the bread to topping ratio a little bit better, even if the topping is only butter, even if you're only toasting the bread. I just prefer that because if you're just having the toasty loaf, that to me gets a little bit stodgy in your mouth. There's a bit too much bread to topping ratio going on. Um, I'm not quite as big a fan of that. I like it to be as thin as possible, as inintrusive as possible. So you're getting the bread taste, but it's not like all that's in your mouth. But when you toast it, it just turns to like crumbly. I love the crunchiness. I love the crunchiness of the bread. Toasted milk bread. Oh, awesome. But toasty bread's white, right? Yeah. yeah, white bread's gross. Oh, right. Listen, Gav, you be quiet. We'll get back to you. All right, I'll, 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 I'll fade down. Here I go. I'm talking. Who's this guy? White bread is gross. Oh, that. Do you know white bread is gross? Is such like a humble brag thing to say. It's such like it's so like it's like I, I'm in my ivory tower looking down. You white bread eaters. Oh, do you know? I can't deal with it. I only eat sourdough these days, other than London, <laughs> don't you know? No, no, sourdough is nice. It is nice, actually. It is nice. It is nice. It's chewy, but I, I, I think it's uh, 
undeveloped to say that white bread is superior to brown bread. Brown bread's clearly superior, and I'm fading down. (laughs) Brown bread. I I was brought up on brown bread being like wholemeal, and it's the most horrible. It's it's a nothing. It's it's a nothing bread. But if it's like granary, like I say, like the the seeded batch loaf that Warby's do, I love that because it's got it's it's nice and spongy, and it's got the the seeds in there for a bit of natural fibre, good for the poop. And um, yeah, but no, like classic wholemeal is is not good. No, if no, I'm eating... saying the granary bread, yeah, that's the one you want. But if I'm eating brown bread or, or if it was granary bread, I'd be doing that because I'm thinking to myself, like, oh, I'm making a healthy choice. You know, I'm not eating it because I want to. Well, that's, that's what oh, white no, bread's that's for. That's where you're wrong. The, the, the brown bread actually tastes much better. No, much no, better. No, no, no. no. I white think bread we need to get like a, we need we need to get a, a listener um, consensus on: Do you buy? The medium, medium sliced bread, yeah, intentionally, yeah, like with the intention of buying it because I, I feel like there's gonna be a, a, a pretty good split there in, in between. Because, to- like, I think toasty is the most popular, yeah, I agree. But, um, is it, yeah, I think so. I don't should, really see it down here much. Uh, Warburton's hasn't made it to the south yet, it has, it's kind of a fringe <laughs> brand, <laughs> fringe brand. <laughs> it's the only bread that anyone should be considering. Hovis tastes like actual shit, I... <laughs> oh, strong. Literally any bread other than... I mean, first of all, right, Warburton's is the only bread that folds. So let's figure that out before we even start considering any other breads. I mean, generally, I, I, I uh, baguettes or bagels. So living in his, his cosmopolitan life. How is it putting your ivory tower? Where? I do, lo- I tasty, do love a baguette. Tasty and baguette. full. Um, now, Dave, I do use these breads, bear in mind, a lot for crisp sandwiches. And the medium... Perfect, Chris. Just sandwich. I, I did forget, Sai, that you had the uh, the palate of a five year old. So. <laughs> well, I haven't had a crisp sandwich for thirty years, and yet you eat doing it what, what once, twice a week. Wow. I've laid off lately, obviously, with the health kick, but uh, traditionally, uh, crisp sandwiches form a large part of my diet. That is incredible. Have you tried putting a crisp sandwich in an air fryer yet? No, I you... haven't. But now I am. <laughs> Do you have cocktail sausages and little bits of squares <laughs> of cheese on a stick? No, I do like sausage those. rolls. Yeah, of course. Um, Do you eat birthday cake a lot? No, I don't like birthday cake. I'm not a big fan of cake. Okay. Well, that's I, good, because I'm not like a big fan of cake either. Yeah, this cake's is overrated. Another, What's your top this cake? Is another controversy. Ice cream in, cake. In the... Ice cream cake. Is mm-hmm. that cake? Well, if it's not, then mm-hmm. I guess like a jam spongy thing or... What about banoffee pie? I don't know. I'm not really particularly familiar with banoffee pie. Not familiar with... Bo- okay. I'm not, think, to be honest, it's a bit weird when it comes to sweet things. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not... I don't have as big a sweet tooth as you'd think, really. I do like chocolate, but I don't... I, I don't like chocolate. I don't like cakes. I like banoffee pie. I'm more of a savoury guy. I love crisp, and I love, like, stuff like mm. This is another controversy in the household. I, I don't... Is, is anybody, are we even recording now? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no one here, Dave. It's an internal monologue. At this point, I think most listeners have switched off. No, this is uh, all you tune in for. Let's skip to thought, this part. I thought this was a Steelers podcast. But, like, this is another controversy in the household, is that... My wife loves to bake. She loves baking cakes. And I like cakes, but I prefer biscuits. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Absolutely. Cookies, muffins, uh, flapjacks, all superior to cake. Because, like, I can destroy, like, a whole pack of, like, just, like, cheap, old-fashioned bourbon biscuits. Yeah. I, used to, I used to love as a kid. My mom, I don't think you can get them anymore. You used to better buy bags of broken biscuits, mm. like, cheap. from like, mm. you get, it's like It was, like, a pound, and you get a huge bag of broken biscuits. So it was, like... The stuff that the factory had, you know, that hadn't come out quite right in the factory 
whatever and it had broken and they stick it in there and sell it cheap and i destroy it mate it's probably not good for me it's probably why i've got such bad bowels but it's like you know it's um it's uh that's, Do you know that's, that's, that's fi- that fills me with fear of you know uh a digestive biscuit when it's it's slightly past its sell by date do you know that it goes mm. soft and slightly soft, weirdly yeah, yeah. sweet that's yeah. like so disgusting because because it Traditionally, a digestion is really nice when it's crunchy, but when it's soft, it's gross. Right? But so, like, are you getting a lot of those soft ones in the broken biscuit bag? That's yeah, the definition can... of a biscuit, though, isn't it? A cake goes harder when left out, and a biscuit goes softer. Yes, it's the it's the Jaffa it's cake uh, argument. But um, but yeah, it, I I prefer the crunch and the sort of constant eat. I, maybe it's probably not a good thing that I can just eat a load of a load of. Well, any to any, any American listeners, if if is anyone here, um, biscuit being like cookie or uh, I don't know, short, like shortbread thing. How would how would you just define it to an American? Because a biscuit is something different over there. Yeah, it's a cookie. Yeah, cookies, a cookie. Yeah, yeah, a cookie. Yeah, yeah. I can just destroy a whole packet of them, but I can take or leave cake. If you know. Yeah. So, did yeah. you? Do, are you a Bake Off guy? Do you watch Bake Off? We do watch Bake Off. Yeah. Did Did I mention last week or did I not? That uh, I I got a handshake off Paul Hollywood last week. Did I mention that? <laughs> no. I is that, that is that impressive? Is anyone impressed by that? I'm impressed, but what was the handshake for? Uh, because I'd I'd met him, I mic'd him up. He thought it was a sufficiently good experience, and he said thanks. And yeah. I I didn't realise the importance of that until about 20 minutes later when someone said, "What?" He shook your hand, and then I got home and said, "Oh, Paul Hollywood shook my hand," and Lisa went. Let me hold your hand for a second. What? <laughs> yeah, to be fair, he is quite dreamy. He's a little bit shorter I, than you think, but he is very I charming. Saw, I saw him uh, pull up. Uh, I was playing a gig in a hotel, and they were uh, filming not too far away. And he uh, he pulled up, and it was the worst park job I've ever seen in my entire life. He, he was just diagonal. He didn't give. He didn't give a damn. It was ridiculous. But uh, yeah, someone said, "Oh, I don't know if you want to move that." He's like, "No, nah, no, nah, it'll be fine there." Literally diagonal. Across what the car way. was he driving? Was it an Audi, a red oh, Audi A8? It was red. It was red. I remember that. Oh, Kets, he's on your, he's on your patch. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Totally noted. Yeah. Have you got a good, a good handshake, Kets? You must have in business, right? It's one of the drivers of business, right? Kind of, kind <laughs> of a, a floppy fish handshake, can you? Well, obviously, with the the military background I have and the, um, you know, the business background, I have to combine those elements to have a hand absolutely the military what? background you've gained in the last two months no no you don't you don't you don't get to where Ketz has got with you know, a solid <laughs> foundation is it is it true in business that if you you know you're closing a big insurance deal and then some guy walks up with it and slaps a pilchard in your hand for a handshake is is that a worry uh it depends if it's a deal with a fishmonger or not i can imagine that's the only time that <laughs> he's selling me sturgeon i'm quite impressed yeah just to just to get back to bread, I'm just about to post, <laughs> just about to post what's in uh, my ki- uh, my house currently. Uh, oh no! <laughs> oh <to>, no! Uh, <laughs> yeah, just to just to kind of put that out there. I, yeah, that's the bread that you buy. Soft that, white, medium, eight hundred grams. Oh, that's the bread that you buy if you go in the shop in an absolute dire state. You, you, there's like there's guests; they need bacon sardines or something, and that's all that's there. Yeah. Do you know, in, in all seriousness, I'm, I'm not joking. I, I, I want to say this without a hint of irony. This is not a joke. When I go in people's houses, I see hobbies, I think less of them. 
I lived down the road from a man who was in a Hovis advert. Uh, so he had to go all the way to Argentina to film the Hovis advert. So the dude like, with what? the bike? Who is he? Uh, no, it wasn't a dude with the bike. It was uh, it was in like 2008. He used to be on the Arches as well, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. really, really, really old dude. Uh, I believe no longer with us. But bringing uh, the uh, yeah. A list celebrities, smart. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's yeah, very, he, uh, um, carbon efficient having a Hovis advert in Argentina. Surely, yeah, like yeah, just North Yorkshire would do. And this is why AI will take over advertising very soon. I'll tell you who did the worst handshakes. Is those people who do um, who show you around flats and houses? It like when when estate agents. Estate agents. That's the one. That's the badge. Those people that show you around, either tour guides or estate agents. I wasn't quite sure. That's the badger. Um, Yeah, because I remember when I moved to London, um, it was some guy who thought he was Del Boy. He turned up in like a camel hair coat. His collar turned up, and I thought, "Who is this twat who just turned to show me around this house?" (laughs) And he shook my hand. And I t- like, like you say, he's just, he just like someone slapping a fish in your hand. And I just, I, 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 it's because I he's done, just done a massive thing. line of Charlie in his little convertible uh, BMW before he Probably. made it. That's why. Probably. He showed me around a, what was essentially a, a cardboard box with a, with a toilet in the corner. It, it wasn't great. So, yeah. Those people, avoid them. Don't shake their hands. Don't touch them. They're very greasy. I, I never get that, the handshake thing, because surely everyone knows you know, it's a sign of, you know, alpha male dominance, you know, why, why do people have such lame handshakes? Why, why do those people exist? I don't, I don't understand. What's, what, what are they, what are they achieving with their lame I, handshakes? I just think it feels a bit rude to be overly like grabby on the handshake. I don't no, know. no, you just want a firm handshake. Don't you? you just want yeah, like a normal, to... you don't want to be like a hand crusher. You don't have to run that line, though, innit? You don't. You don't know how what yeah, the other person's so, hand resistance might be. Some people are so lame. It's mm. like, what you surely you know. I, I don't know. I find it strange. It, it goes you, into you, anathema to me. You don't want to be on the Donald Trump end of things where you pull in some guy towards you, but you also don't want to be in the end where you just sort of gently stroke your hand almost lovingly across someone. You've got to find that middle ground. Just, yeah, it's got to be a normal handshake. One, oh, this is a handshake. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I'm pleased to meet you. You, you don't want anything. I wouldn't say I've ever enjoyed a handshake. Oh, I have, definitely. You, haven't, you obviously need, haven't shaken I'm... Paul Hollywood's handshake. Do we need to go into the oriental way of doing things where you just bow? Hmm. No. That's weird because the ang- angle of the bow is... That would be cool. Is, you know, if you're... It's it's not about the firmness of the handshake. It's about the angle of the bow, right? So you you bow more if you're more subservient. So that that's a whole some, minefield as well. In some ways, COVID did solve a lot of problems by just going to the fist bump. I Very hated generic. the whole Everybody elbow thing. Yeah, yeah, right. We're elbow. sneezing into our elbows and then elbow bumping. That was what was ridiculous. That that's mm. crazy. Yeah. Oh, slight uh, slight bread update. I've actually got it slightly wrong. Um, we actually have a thick loaf in the house. I don't oh, know. It's still Hovis, but uh, even worse. Now it's just stodgy <laughs> garbage. <laughs> You're, you guys are real bread connoisseurs. I, I rarely notice what bread I'm eating. Oh no, that, oh. Uh, I'm, so, I'm sort of caught in the middle here in the Midlands. So yeah, we get a bit of <laughs> as usual bit of one and bit of the other. <laughs> so yeah, you know, some some things I side with Gav. Though, some things I side with, mm. the, with the rest of you with. So. It's kind it's kind of unimportant bread. So oh, I thought you meant the Midlands. <laughs> <laughs> kind of unimportant. That is as well. Yeah. Well, mm, yeah, but 
Uh, what what actually happens in the Midlands, Matt? Because I've long posed this to Jason Baldwin. <laughs> Team's Abbey, rolling. Near I'll, t- I'll tell you what happens. Nothing. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Well, that seems, Sorry, to be, so that seems to be it, right? Fine, because it always... Absolutely uh, nothing. To me, it feels like I never hear anything about the Midlands. You're always hearing about the North. You're always hearing about the South. They're always arguing with each other. The Midlands just seems to exist. I'm no, not convinced and, and it's there. I was, I was also born in the single most boring part of the Midlands, which is <laughs> Northamptonshire. So Never heard of it. North, Northamptonshire was once <laughs> described by uh, Alan Titchmarsh as the pancreas of the UK, not just because of the shape of it, but because nobody knows where the hell it is. It's true. So, mm. yeah, it's, I am unfortunately it's... from there as well, Mark, so we have that in common. Oh my, are we the same person, Kets? I'm starting to question it myself now. <laughs> Who even knows at this point? Um, but just to tie back in with a number of subjects we've just discussed, um, <laughs> Jason is, of course, from the Midlands, and he did accuse me of coming up with statistics that nobody wanted, needed, or, or whatever. So, oh, bread did, yeah. market statistics, Auburn's <laughs> 32.5% by value, Hovis 24.5%, Kingsmill 19.8%. There's nowhere! Oh yeah, King Kingsmill is if you like if you're really if you're on the poverty line if you, if you want you're one step away from going to the food bank if you're on Kingsmill. Just buy the Morrison's own white white bread at that point. You know. Yeah. Who What's you the one that's like half and half? What's that? Uh, I that's think Holmes do that. Oh, yeah, well, maybe right. I don't know. Do that, yeah. I think so. Warburtons wouldn't sully themselves with that kind of nonsense. Yeah. Warburtons is such a fringe bread down south. I know you haven't adopted it, and yet Warburton's, as opposed to uh, Hovis, who apparently just hired Mark's neighbour from the Archers, uh, hired Arnold Schwarzenegger for the, their adverts. I mean, what, where are these adverts? Uh, they've hired a few like uber famous people for their adverts. It kind of became a bit of a bit like they visited the Warburton's factory and did an ad for them. Well, yeah, there's a couple like that. Yeah. Um, it's only only shown up north, is it? Um, so let's see, who did yeah. they do? They had uh, George Clooney did one. He did, yeah. Um, let's see. Kermit do one? Wasn't there a Muppets? Yeah, one? maybe. Am I thinking of something else? Did Snoop so they're blowing all of their budget on celebrities when they should be developing better granary bread. Well, <laughs> and, well, Robert, yeah, Robert right. De Niro. Robert De Niro, you're right. Yeah. yeah. The Muppets. Yeah. Patrick Stewart, didn't they? Um, Peter Kay, obviously. So. Sylvester Stallone did one. Wow, really? This yeah, is yeah. insane. I'll send you the link to BritishBakery.com. Warburton's okay. have apparently been having a big row with Waitrose. Maybe that's why the southern market oh, penetration good. is not what it should be. Good for them. How, how's that occurred? What's the, what's the argument? Um, just over performance, it's less exciting than it perhaps sounds. <laughs> but they've apparently banned crumpets or something. <laughs> that's enough. That's How can you ban crumpets? Right, so this is a great... I'm so glad you said that, Kets. Gav, if you don't have Warburton's down south, what crumpets are you eating? Because there are no other crumpets. Uh... That's a good point. I don't often eat them, but Waitrose crumpet sales have fallen by fifteen percent. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first well, they thing. Don't, they don't do the twelve packs anymore. You can only get a six pack. Twelve pack? No, you get nine. You get nine. Is it nine? Yeah. They don't do the big packs anymore. You, you then do the ones with six in. Hmm. I'm not sure why. Marmite on a crumpet, by the way, really that underrated. Is, that yeah. is superior. Oh. What Ugh. did you say? Overrated. No, underrated. Marmite yeah, on a crumpet is is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, a light, right sm- a light smothering. Are you with me, Dave, that Marmite should get in the bin? Oh, I'd rather lick my own bum hole than eat Marmite. Really? Lick exactly. your own bum hole. Marmite's great. <laughs> Kets, you've got the deciding vote here on Marmite. <laughs> I used to like it as a kid, but I don't like it so much anymore. But maybe that's because I don't have it very often anymore. 
Hmm. We need a conclusive. We need to get some, yeah. some Marmite you know and see what his current take is. Well, it's clearly, I will buy a jar and come back to Marmite. Him. You either you know. love it. <laughs> oh, you hate yeah. it. All listeners out there, we, we make a, I can make a Twitter poll out of it. Screw it. <laughs> I don't know what what would the two options be? Like, do do you buy what? Do you buy medium sized bread with intention, or is it only yeah, it, when yeah. you're desperate? I'm surprised. I asked ChatGPT what is the most popular. Ten, ten and a half million consumers of Warburton's, eight million of Hovis, eight million of Kingsmill. I never knew Warburton's was the dominant force here. The North is a big place. It's a powerhouse. We eat a lot of bread. They eat a lot of bread and they eat Warburton's. Man, I suppose for you, Gav, you, you living in London, you just sort of wander out of your of your your lovely you know abode and you go to your local bakery and you buy your baguette and your your croissants for the week. And you, uh, you don't really, you don't see what the peasants eat, I suppose, do you? In your high tower? No, don't see them. <laughs> Can't, it's difficult from the tower. Yeah. Very He's too busy doing his laundry in his three thousand pound Conran <laughs> uh, washing basket that's lasted for ten years. <laughs> it was, it was under seventy five pounds, I think. We established. It definitely not. <clears throat> Still going strong, okay. by the way. Months later. Is, is that a suitable to... amount of airtime taken up from Steelers podcast talk about bread? Yeah, probably. And I enjoyed it. I think Good. I think our bread conversations have been you, you, best. You've swayed me. I am going to lean towards Warburton's next time I get sent to Tesco and told to buy bread. I think Great. I've had Give Warburton's. I, yeah, I, I, I've got no heart, uh, bad feelings towards Warburton's. I'm sure I've had Warburton's a few times. Oh, that's I, bizarre. I honestly always thought it was a fringe bread. Sure, I've had Warburton's. To me, it's like there is no other option. You know that no, is the only. It's it's Hovis, and it's you need to you need to not knock Hovis. It's it's good. I I only brought it up mainly because my local bakery um, caught fire recently. So. Oh no! Oh, that smelled Ro- good. Robert's Bakery. I mean, you get a fantastic smell, and you and like, if if anyone wants to, if if anyone's like a bread enthusiast, and you want to see some bread, I don't go right now because it's it, you're still <laughs> rebuilding it. But there's like a big window, and you can see the bread. Like rotating as it cools in this big tower mm. thing, it's really cool. Robert's what, Bakery what, in Northwich. What do you think is the most superior form of bread? Mm. I do think I think it's really crusty, kind of soda bread. You know, where the crust is really thick and the bread is really airy. But, I think I think a very solid baguette is probably the answer mm. for I think me. I'm a sigh on that. Yeah. At, at the risk of sounding like a bearded hipster, I, I do like sourdough at the moment. Yeah, but so it's, it's hard to find a good one. I think the kind of bread that you don't buy, you don't choose it, but you go somewhere and they, and it's that bread that you dip in balsamic and oil, and it's really crusty and thick. That that is the best. I think you're moving into Italian breads now. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of a ciabatta, though, which is quite similar, but I find that disappointing. Oh, I do like a ciabatta. Bruschetta? Mm. Or is that not a bread because it's got additional product on it? Yeah, you tend to add cheese to that and eat it a biscuit, don't you? It's made in tomato, isn't it, bruschetta? Well, yeah, that way either. But it's kind of a, I I kind of associate that with cheese. Hmm. Anyway, if this is a Steelers podcast, um... Calvin Austin the third is going to be the, the the punt returner for me. Thank you very much. I wonder what. Do you know what I will say? Last thing on the last thing on the bread. Last thing on the bread. Breadcast. What what does mm. what does completely blow me away? And, and this was the biggest issue I had with being in America is their con- concept of sliced bread. 
it's almost like they don't even have sliced bread. And I know they do before people get on me, but it's not bread like we know it. It's smaller, it's, right? It's smaller. Size. It's smaller. It's almost like more. Um, fake. I don't want to say this with with a yeah fake. Yeah, I don't say that like purely with a negative connotation, but just in the sense that like it doesn't. You know how like bread almost feels like independent. Like I don't know. I know the uniform, but like independently wealthy. Like 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 every bread feels slightly different. I guess <laughs> you know what I mean. Like like every loaf feels slightly different. Like it was actually made or actually baked. Like in America, they're all just like all, as if they're off Homogenous. like. A, Homogenous, thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like every line of Wonder Bread is the exact same as what the previous that, line of What Wonder is bread. that bread that's like in like Euro bread that's like very small and kind of yellow and square and the kind of kind of crusty and hard? Do you know, the, mm. do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't know. Mm. I can't Not think sure. of that, but that's because Amy's showing me pictures of focaccia and it's making me Focaccia is good. Although I, What's I, a focaccia I, when it's at home? It's a, it's a, it's a Ponzi Italian bread that people in London yeah. eat. You wouldn't know anything no, about it. Sometimes it comes with olives, and I don't. I don't like that olive bread. That that can disappear forever. Round the horn, See, olives generally, uh, yes or no? no. Yes, olives, uh, but not in bread. No. No, I, not in bread. I prefer olive paste. <sighs> I like the big green olives that sometimes have a pip in the side. They're like. So I've never heard you more disappointed in your life if <laughs> somebody says something than when I said I like olive paste. This is I just absolute. I have Great. so I decided to try an olive. I told you when I went to that Spanish restaurant that Chloe made me try go to. Try an olive, and um, I I thought, okay, I'll give this a go. It kind of looks like a grape, but it looks a bit grosser, and um, it's one of the most offensive things I've ever put in my mouth. Yeah, I, I admit that they they have very strong flavour, but there's certain. Hang on, let me find it. I'm going to send you a picture. If you see this kind of olive, buy one. <laughs> let me see if I can find it. This focaccia, by the way, is is kind of like that Spanish bread that you dipped in the balsamic vinegar. That that was. Uh, I mean. Nice, but like, let's not get carried away. I mean, it's not the bread you want to be eating every day. Not the kind of bread you could afford to eat every day. I love the fact that, like, Rich and Mike are going to be looking at these things posted in the thing going, what the hell are they talking about now? (laughs) (laughs) What bread are they eating in Ireland? Yeah, big loaf of Hovis just on the side. Sorry. These bastards. Sweet Sicilian green olives. This, This is a different kind of olive to what you've had so trust me whoops don't send it to him he'll be very very confused if i sent an olive picture to that guy uh here we go i mean what does it taste like it tastes it 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 tastes divine very massive yeah they're they're like um yeah they're big much bigger they're they're almost round uh it says there they're called sweet sicilian green olives i don't really know the name i know them when i see them they are delicious. What's the price they're of kind this of salty. olive? Because delivery is seven pound fifty. Yeah, they're they're not cheap. But if you if you're going to get olives, you only want a couple, right? You're not going to want a massive jar. You just want a couple of these bad boys. Trust me, you can get them. You can get them in delicatessens and things. Honestly, they are they are amazing. Totally different breed of olive to what you're talking about, Sai. Si, Gavin, is yes. What is the price of this olive? Uh, I don't know. So it's going to be know. ridiculous. I'm going to find out. Don't worry. <laughs> Beat me to it, Mark. Thank you. But it's four pound ten for that jar. Oh, that's oh, not so bad. We're in a cost of living crisis here, man. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Mickey O Green Olives, two pound forty for two hundred fifty grams. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's not terrible. They're bright green. Bright green. They're not the like drab olive green that you can't come to expect. Believe me. Hear me now. Believe me later. Those olives are like ten out of ten. They're salty 
they're fleshy, they're juicy, they're good. You want more of them when you eat them. I'm not big into that, but I have just seen they've got a black olive tapenade on there, and that's right up my alley. So, yes, I prefer please. black olives to green olives. Yes, yeah, same, I think. Apparently, no. cats like green olives, but we've tried it with Greg and George, and they weren't partaking. No. Olives are a strange selection for a cat. Mm-hmm. Can't, Apparently, can't some kind of, it's similar to catnip. It has some kind of effect oh, on Oh, really? Them. Oh, okay. But it didn't work with Greg, so I don't know. Some cats don't like catnip, though, right? They're just not interested. Some some it's like crack, others it's like smack. They're just not bothered. Hang on, what? <laughs> it's like crack and the end then it's like smack? I thought they were basically the same thing. No, they're not. Oh. Smack takes I, I don't know my drugs. Don't it's <laughs> it, it, it it takes hard work to get addicted to smack. <laughs> you've, got, you've got to try. You've got to try. Yeah, you've got to repeat. Please end crack. the podcast on that quote. That is the, <laughs> the best way to end this podcast. I, I tell you, crack. You're, you're immediately like, this is revealing way too much. Crack. You're like, I want more of that. Smack. You're like, hmm. Why was that so overhyped? What What even is the difference between crack and smack? I get confused by these, all these terms. Are they cocaine? What, what? Mm. <laughs> crack is, isn't it? Crack. Very crack well. is cocaine cut with ammonia. Right. Smack is heroin uh, formed into a like brown resin that you can smoke. <laughs> they both sound lovely. How, how, how do I get some? Yeah, I don't know about any of this. How do we get from bread to... That's a great bread. question. Bread and crack, pretty similar. Because in order for olives and focaccia and hovis to taste good, this is what you need to, to smoke. Mm-hmm. I think we should let everyone go home now before we start going early. They are home. They are home. I agree. For that, we've got a number of outtakes we've just recorded. (laughs) (laughs) The podcast does not associate itself with the use of smack or crack or any other illegal substances. Not illegal. Or hobbits or Kingsmill. (laughs) All all substances should be legalized. I agree with that. Well, maybe not heroin. I mean, let's draw the line. Why? Why? Because it just seems like it's just very destructive. Mm. Let's not legalize, like, uranium, (laughs) you know? Uh, I, I think smack's. Uh, wrongly branded in everyone's <laughs> minds. Maybe you should be in charge of rebranding the, the public view of Smack. <laughs> you, you, so can... you can't go on holiday. It's going to be an absolute... <laughs> it's going to be two weeks of drugs. <laughs> no, it's not. What are you talking about? <laughs> the fact that the drug like talk increases after I leave is troublesome. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Right, okay. Let's wrap up the show. God bless. God bless. That was a good one, Dave. Enjoyed the bread talk uh, and much more. Uh, Ket, <laughs> good to have you back. Try not to get yes, abducted by some strange men around the Salisbury area in long, a black van. How long will it be, Kets? Uh, Are you back? See, I would. I will try and be back more often if I can. Yes, please. More often? Oh, how how non-committal was that, Gav? Is that because the counteroffensive is failing? <laughs> AI is taking over itself. Doesn't need any more work. What's going on here? That's insurance cinemas are on a on a download. <laughs> no, I think I think just generally life has got busier, but uh, I will make efforts. I've narrowly missed a couple of shows, but uh, I shall. Mm. Make Can you host effort. next week? <laughs> Gav already trying to get out of it. Yeah, I'll be in Cornwall, not with Cy. You're but... with Cornwall. Oh yeah, we've had this. <laughs> where where are you going in Cornwall, and where's Cy going in Cornwall? Counter operations. <laughs> we're both gonna, we're both going to be in Nuki, I believe, on uh, Friday. Yeah. 
Cornwall Steelers, there's a date, a place, a time. Get with these two heroes of the uh, fan community. We'll give Jason Toms a shout after his high quality graphic productions. Yeah, hit he's him up. Away, isn't he? Cornwall yeah, he fan. Carnish yeah. Insight, yeah, on Twitter. Uh, Matt, Dave, thanks for joining us. Gav, no problem. I don't respect your bread choices. Okay, <laughs> I work on it. I'm improved. Guy out of the firing line there. I've got to say, I'm a little bit, um, a little bit of a passenger in the bread world. I need to take more uh, active yeah. choice about what. what yeah, maybe so. you shouldn't have been the person leading the charge for the pit of bread. No, that's wrong. Because because <laughs> bread that's being toasted and bread that's a, a kebab delivery system is a completely different. Thing. I agree. Yeah, and you don't seem to have your finger on the pulse for either. No, I do have my pulse on the kebab. I don't. I, I admit, what? I'm a little bit of a casual postman, so I'm not. I'm not. Maybe not the expert here. Do you know what always gets me with that kebab conversation? I always bring this up to to people, and the people that you can tell immediately, Dave, the people that have had kebabs on naan bread, because they immediately go, "Why would you choose anything but a naan?" And, and they, they know it's, it's, no. it's too stodgy. You don't, you're not understanding the concept. Have you yet had a proper kebab on a naan yet? Have you, have yes, you had it on a kebab? Yes, I had at the time. No, 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 you hadn't. I have. <laughs> have you? Okay, okay, let me rephrase this question. Have you been up north and had a kebab? Why is it up north? I've had Greek. Because we know Greek, for a fact. Greek, Greek, Greek kebabs are literally Stop on naan. Stop talking about Greek kebabs. Greek kebabs are not in this. Not involved. This is exactly what I'm talking about. You were talking about a completely different genre of kebab in this conversation, and that's why Pitta was being even brought up as a topic. I've never mentioned Pitta. I don't like Pitta. Pitta is, <laughs> is inferior in kebabs. What are you talking about? There's no other options. The only options are Pitta or naan. Because no you are ignorant to the superior delivery system, which is wrap. Oh, for crying out loud. Wrap kebabs are the best. That's no longer a, a kebab. That's a donna wrap. We're totally in a different segment of the menu of the takeaway. At that I'm, point. I'm, I, 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 I'm with you. Naan is, 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 is absolutely superior to pitta. Pitta's like the, <laughs> the, the medium sliced bread of, of kebabs. What's, what's donna meat like on sliced bread, Dave? Have we tried that? I can't say I, I ever have, and, unless I, I've, I've done it and, and not remembered in a, in a drunken state. That's but, some homework then for next week. I'll work on that. <laughs> right, okay, let's wrap the show up. Uh, we'll see you all next week. Follow the show at UK Steelers Pod. Follow me at Cy Wrote This. <laughs> follow Gav at GM Boom Up Dave at This Is Dave Hart. Follow Kets at Kets UK and follow Mark at Mesh NFL. All on Twitter and we'll uh, we'll see you all next week. Go well, through I, this. I won't. Holiday time, baby. Let's go. Latest. What you want to woo? There. It's that woo woo. Yeah. Hey,